Photography Chat with Merlin. Photography Chat with Merlin. All right. Welcome to the 100th episode of the Photography Chat. So this is the third year, so season three, and the 100th episode. But for season three, this is the 31st episode with Charles. 100th episode. Yeah, 100th episode. I'm big on dates and those round numbers, you know, like the... You know, the paper anniversary, the diamond anniversary, and all that kind of stuff. So I really like that, that I've landed on the 100. Yeah. That's actually kind of cool for me. I, I thought it was pretty cool, because I was like, you know, when I figured out how many episodes it was, I was like, that's, that's cool that Charles is uh, going to be the 100th episode, and also that we're doing another in-studio stream. And I think this time I figured out the fucking audio. So um, Instagram land, tell me if y'all can hear us okay. And if you can, um, I'll let, I'll let Charles do it. The fun. Welcome to the hundredth episode of the photography chat with what, Merlin. What is, what is this? What, what is this again that we're listening to? This is the Price is Right. Yeah, this is the Price. It's like, come on down. Let him know what he won, Johnny. I am a huge Price is Right song. Uh, in my youth, I actually wrote a uh, Price is Right song, which I can't sing here. It was too lewd and too dated. <laughs> okay. Were you guys able to hear that on the Instagram land? My one fan, if they can respond, that would be great. <laughs> My one fan. <laughs> You've got plenty of fans, you know. They're in-person fans, though, mostly. I'm, I'm, I, I have a digital presence, but uh, I think that most of my world is lived non-digitally. I mean, I think that's important in, in this day and age, because, like, so much is digital, and with that... Even though it seems like we're connecting more, mm-hmm. it, it does divide us a little bit more. I, it I isolates. Kind of I don't know if it, it, there's this big word of divide. We're using a lot of words right now to encompass a lot of things. And one thing I've been noticing is that it's not as much divide as isolation. And then isolation leads to that division and that separation, right? Well, I, no, I think there's still a bit of a divide with it, though, too, because it allows factions of people with certain ideologies to connect, which may not have been able to connect before. Agreed, agreed. And then we get things like the Freedom Convoy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Proud Boys. I just watched a whole thing on the Proud Boys and how they actually use digital to do exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, it's I, I, it's not lost on me that I'm a six-foot-one bald white man talking about the Proud Boys, but you understand that all it needs... Uh, for hatred, anger, division, all, all, all it needs is a common place for those people to gather to yeah, gain, gain exactly. strength. And, you know, kudos to them. They just bought a church somehow. Oh, out, okay. out a church. Oh, yeah. really? A loving, a loving <laughs> church of hate, yes. <laughs> they're, they're starting a religion. Yeah. We should start a religion. You and I. Yeah. I, I think personally, can I ask a question, though? Because I, I think starting a religion, I'm, I'm in for it. Um. Do either of us have to be figureheads, or could we find a figurehead? Because I have no, a friend. No, we should make Zena the figurehead. No, actually, I've got. A, I've actually worked out a cult. Oh no, sorry, uh, religion. <laughs> um, I've got. I've got plans for when the zombie apocalypse comes. I have plans <laughs> for a cult. Um, my friend Claude Duhamel is one of the greatest human beings in the known universe, and I think he is the only person qualified to truly be a cult leader. And then to have people like yourself, I and Zena 
pull the strings, right? But the point for you and I is when the cult collapses, which it eventually does. They always do. They always do, right? Uh, to have an out so you that you're not quite associated. You're so deep in the background that you just take the money and run. See, I'm totally down to have a cult if it if we can like not quite mirror Scientology, but like in that sort of ballpark. Because like I, I, want, I want I want those write offs like L. Ron Hubbard got. Yeah. Um, Do you but, want a lie detector and all that kind of stuff as well? Well, okay. So <laughs> in, in my more drunken degenerate days in the early 2000s in Vancouver, um, I spent a lot of time day drinking. <laughs> and um, I was downtown Vancouver one, I think it was a Wednesday or something, um, walking down Hastings. And oh, they were, they the were old, yes, yeah, the old L. Ron Hubbard house in Hastings. Were, and they were giving out like the free tests. Yeah, which and they're I've like, taken. Yeah, and you know, I like talking to strangers, mm-hmm. and even more so when I'm wasted. So this stranger starts talking to me, and they were like, "We're worried about you," and I'm like, "Oh God, what's wrong?" <laughs> so I'm like, "Tell me Just more." Just waiting for me. Like, yeah, exactly. He's like, "What should I be worried about?" Oh my God, and um, yeah, they were like, "We need to see if you're safe," and they made me like hold these like the big chrome sticks or whatever yeah, with yeah, like the lie the, detector yeah and they asked me a bunch of questions and i broke their machine and, <laughs> and the guy got really mad at me and he's like we can't help you here and i'm like no but you got me scared like <laughs> you've convinced me something's wrong with me no but i and, love the fact that they were waiting for you yeah and then there was no place for you no there wasn't <laughs> is that a bit of a story of like people waiting for you and then there being no place yeah Oh, well, yeah, welcome kinda, to life. Kinda I'm like a stepping stone yeah. person. So, so I want to get back to the cult, though, here for a second, okay. because because yeah. I'm a bit, I set these scenarios up in my brain, <laughs> scenarios up in my brain all the time. <laughs> and um, so for me, I, I, I've discovered the downfall of all cults. Oh, what's that? What happens is the leader decides they're the only person allowed to have sex. Oh, like Jared Leto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that right away, and then you got me. Um, but uh, yeah, it's the, it, it nearly every, if you look, and I, uh, I, Claude, again, is a person who got me into watching all these, this cult stuff, and I, as a kid, I was obsessed with Jim Jones at the age, like really young age, um, and what had happened there. And what you begin to find I mean, is- Jonestown, that's some fucked up shit. But that's like, that's, that's cult to the next level. You know, you, yeah. you take Nexium and things like that. It, it usually, um, lots of hearts and minds and people are broken, but we're not talking about like the electric Kool-Aid acid test, which was a, a really horrible experience. Yeah, I, I had a rapper friend in Toronto, Derek Kristoff, goes by Decisive. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jim Jones really touched him in an in like, inappropriate mind way. Yeah. But he made a series of mixtapes called Jonestown, Volume 1 through 3. Mm-hmm. They were really fucking good. Very dark. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's one track on it. It's like, you know, when when we die, we die together. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I see it. I see it. With, like, the thread, like, the solo cups. <laughs> yeah, the solo yeah. cups. Um, yeah. It, our, our cult will not be a suicide cult. There will not I'm be a suicide gonna, cult. Yeah, but but yeah. also in, in our cult... We're going to leave the sex alone and everybody can just do their, their own sexy stuff. Yeah, everyone should be allowed. There yeah, should just be your no own exclusionary sexy thing. Stuff. No, no yeah, not no. exclusionary. Because it really begins to piss off your followers when, you know, 
You're yeah. the only one sleeping with my wife. So if, if anyone <laughs> is like a fan of Dr. Steve Brule and you saw that episode of Brule's Rules where he's like, orgies, wine was made for orgies and orgies are no fun if no one wants to do it with you. Mm. Everyone mm. is welcome to do it with everyone at our orgies. At, 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 in our cult, in our cult, um, I like to think of it a caring, giving cult yeah. that's there for everyone as long as they pay. Yeah, it's like taking sharing is caring to a whole new level. Yeah, well, yeah. you can do whatever you want as long as we make money. Well, and as long as you're not hurting anyone. Yeah, because yeah. we're not hurting anybody. That's a, yeah. no, no. Agreed, agreed. There, there can yeah. be no hurting. Well, there can be hurting, but they're consensual. Well, hurting. of course, you know, no kink shaming. Like you know, no, 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 nobody like. What are we here for? We're here to talk uh, photography, aren't we? Or yeah, but it could be a photo, like photographic cult. <laughs> photographic yeah. cult, because somehow we are stealing images, right? That's is that where we're going to start? Yeah, we yeah. could we could be like the cult of pack film because there's yeah. already a good base set up with that. Okay, and, pack film. Know, yeah, the, the unicorn tears that I like shooting. So oh, much. that's right. Because yeah. this goes back to where we started, which was me talking about the dangers of digital. Yes. I, I'm only a digital photographer. But then the other flip of that too, though. So a bit like Scientology for the yeah. tax breaks and the money. Yeah. But also. Eyes wide shut. Oh, a lot of eyes wide shut. Yeah, a lot of that, especially with the sex stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. You know, and I'm big on masks. So, yeah. any kind of mask. And I also like dressing up. Like schnauzer masks. Yeah. I lo- but aren't those like, uh, those are. Uh... No, there's the big nose ones, but yeah. then there's the plague masks. Yeah, the like, plague mask. Yeah. Plague masks are not allowed at orgies because they're kind of a downer. Like, oh, really? Like, you can't yeah. wear a plague mask? Uh, Why? Well, if it goes with the outfit. What if it's a plague orgy? Ew. <laughs> sorry bad jokes bad jokes i bad mean jokes. we could there could be like a lepers invitational yeah. <laughs> okay as things get dark but back into this sort of like uh for well me. i mean polio is back so leprosy could be oh, like is polio right back polio is back in america yeah like comeback tour yeah yeah it's, a, it's like the polio comeback tour this is what happens when you don't vaccinate yeah Polio comes back. We eradicated it for we had a couple mm-hmm. few good decades there, but yeah, polio's back. We got this monkeypox thing now. Um, Are you going to go to rec and get a little uh, little inoculation? I don't, I don't know. I'm 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 sort of split on a lot of stuff. I I, I want more data. Yeah. I also want governments to collect more data. Yes. Which which would be nice. I'd also like citizens to step up and help with that oh, of course yeah, yeah. I, I'd, I'd like to see more collection of data I, I i try to stay away from the conversations of you should you be vaxxed should you not be vaxxed and stuff like that because it, it can lead to incredible polarizing um situations you should be vaxxed for polio though yeah i think i'm i think at birth i was like well, for, you, right, no not at birth they, but i mean like they would have got you with it because you're, you're sure. not the generation with like the big puck yeah like, i am Oh, you got the I one then? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm 55, baby. You know what I mean? They, they were still circumcising like, in my know, day, 42, man. 42, you know? I don't know. But did you, 42 oh, I, I, has dude, that. they were still circumcising. I, I got snipped. Yeah, just sort of like random No, they like over snipped me. It really sucked. Over snipped you? Yeah, yeah. Well, if you'd had a good moil do that was, for you, it would late, not have been a problem. No, I had an angry doctor do it in yeah. Calgary because he was pissed because like when I was a baby, mm-hmm. I apparently pissed in his face. And so oh. he like refused to do it to me. Um, but that's commonplace. Babies pee all over you. Yeah, yeah well, I guess he just he got in his like mouth or something. He was really well, upset about that. Listen, so, welcome to babies, man. So I didn't get it until I was like five. Oh, oh, cause, oh, and so he caught up with you. He finally remembered you. Yeah, and then he was mean. 
And I remember the whole thing. It was really fucked up thing. Anyway, don't, don't you have a court case for that? <laughs> <laughs> no, because my mom was friends with the doctor because she was an RN. So it does like, not sound like a friendly move. No, it wasn't a friendly move. It was. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of me. Don't snip your children. I mean, I agree. I agree. You're you're robbing them of the ability to experiment with things like star docking in the future. You know, that's something <laughs> that I'm never going to be able to do. <laughs> um, my big thing is just more so with that is that it, 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 it when you're dealing with a painful procedure like that outside of the year 500 in a desert where it was probably helpful you probably want to leave that decision to the individual when they've yeah. got cognition exactly sort of, that's sort of yeah, yeah. No, not that i feel harmed that i don't have it now or that i feel like i should have had that decision yeah. but there are those that, that that feel that way and i and i stand by it and i mean depending on what like where you're getting it done to there's like a high risk there's those like you know herpes rabbis out there that, can you ever uh, see that that they use yeah. cadillac used to have a whole thing about how the ride was so smooth that even a moyle could do his job <laughs> no i'm serious like it was an actual you can if you if you see art and copy one of my favorite movies of all time they actually show that right but that was actually an ad our rides are smooth so smooth <laughs> so that's hilarious because like cadillac was definitely like shooting for their target market with that one absolutely yeah, yeah. Kind of brilliant yeah I'm, I'm i'm obsessed with advertisement though like i, th I mean, as much as people can talk about the positive and negatives of advertisement it, it's there is no questions in the modern industrial world we're going back you know even as early as you know the the late 1800s advertising commercialism has been part of our life yeah. and um understanding it's a fact i think it's kind of important and it obviously has an effect people are making money people are doing things but there are small pockets, you know, of things like Toulouse-Lautrec um, and small pockets like in the late 50s and 60s, the post-Mad Men era, yeah. where somehow for a small moment, actual art creeped into advertising. Yeah, there absolutely was, yeah. And, and I, I'd like to see it again because I have to tell you, I love old, uh, you know, commercials and stuff. Chew it. Well, I, I don't think it was just... Chew it till you're satisfied. <laughs> oh, Henry, chew it. <laughs> well, I, I don't think it was just um, advertising that art had steeped into, but, like, everything. Like, you look at architecture from that yeah. time, too, and, like, there was just so much more interesting stuff than these, like, fucking glass palaces we have today. Anyways, introduce yourself for a minute, because I don't think we got to that. I don't think we did. No, we didn't. Uh, my name is Charles Zuckerman. I am a photographer, an actor, a father... A son, a friend, uh, I work with a woman named uh, Zana Wong, who's an incredible human who was here with you before. Yeah. Um, I'm here at the Artist Lodge with you. Um, I have my own opinions of being here, which I absolutely <laughs> adore being here. I love having a venue. I don't get involved with certain politics because I'm just here to do my job. Yeah, you just uh, leave that to me. Well, it, it, you need real <laughs> leaders. I'm a, a leader. I am not. I am just a voice. Um, I I have to say that the, the time in this space has provided me with a lot of stuff, and I think largely it has to do with very specific things, a space to work in, my own space with Zena, and then just the two of us. We've yeah. watched our work develop. I have got like yourself. I've got to meet some people I would have never, ever fucking met. Like, really cool cats doing really cool shit. And some of it, not for mass production, just yeah. for themselves. There's some people who are just literally writing songs for themselves in here. And that side of 
uh, of life is important to me and to, to be able to see it in these spaces separate from everything else going on outside and then I think it's also really important for me because my business partner you, you, you spoke with her and you know her you're good friends um, yeah she's alright yeah, she's all right. Yeah, um, kind of grumpy. Yeah, uh, well, seventy-year-old uh, Vietnam vet stuck know, in a twenty-five-year-old right? lesbian's body. That's they took her ankles and now. <laughs> <laughs> God, she's <laughs> swelling. Um, but uh, giving her a place to um, flourish and grow and meet artists and like-minded people, but also non-like-minded people and people from different areas that she'd never have. You know, in in, in our generations. We didn't have a whole digital world sucking the very life from us from one area. We had to go out and about. We ha- that was our entertainment. Yeah. And I think on, on the most part, people were sort of forced to be working with each other and meeting people. Whereas you're not seeing as much of that when you have a space with 70 plus artists. You know, a 25 year old has a world to explore. I think we yeah. all do. But at that age, that's the time you want to be doing that shit. Well, yeah, and she's definitely come out of her shell because I remember when we first moved into this space at the start of the year, I saw this like, you know, sort of emo gothy character Mm -hmm. lurking about in a long trench coat Mm -hmm. looking like, you know, very like dramatic and like, no one understands me. I'm going to listen to sad music in my room. Yeah. And, you know, she's really like blossomed into a less grumpy person. It's a little more energetic. Agreed. I think, and a lot of that has to do with the time she spent with you because um, for anybody out there now looking straight at the camera, um, uh, uh, Xana has li- lived with me in a digital world. And now she's entering into a celluloid world with you and you've created a drug that she just can't <laughs> stop tapping the veins for. Um, but what it's done is it's given us a place of separation mm-hmm. within our art where you can work on this, I can work on that, and then we can bring it back together. And the photo walks that she does with you, I don't think those would be the same with me because we have so much history and time together. With you, it's a much more fluid and, uh, and, and sort of open experience where she's sort of exploring herself. And there is no question in my mind the influence that you've had on her work in particular has um, truly allowed her to grow not only as an artist but also as a human being where she's just taking more risks she's met the new honey we're all going to get to meet on sunday um and i think she's just overall taking more risks with her life and now that we've talked about zen in the third person we can (laughs) yeah you're you're making me blush no i think (laughs) this is my thing again and it goes back to what i keep on talking about and it's the central core of me which is community. And I think that human beings survive best with communities, regardless of the size. And then when we can, within a community, cannot be self-destructive or tear each other down, but we push each other to create better. And sometimes that's not always soft. Sometimes it's a really hard nudge. Um, But when we do those kind of things, that's when everybody gets the payoff. The viewer gets the payoff. The city gets the payoff. The individual gets the payoff. But we need to bring ourselves back to community and understanding that we are not the iPhone by ourselves. Yeah. We are a part of a whole. We are singular and part of a whole. I mean, the, the iPhone helps to connect. Like I'm grateful to have like this, this community I've tapped into through this, but um, part of what has shaped like how, how I am to like talk to strangers and things like that. And like the photo walk stuff and just even my interactions with Zena was um, 
growing up in the Kootenays, um, I grew up in a small town, Kimberley, um, just outside of uh, a bigger small town called Castle, or uh, not Castle, Cranbrook. I did live in Castlegar for a while, but uh, Cranbrook, a.k.a. Dinktown. Um, spent a lot of time there, and a uh, totally cliche thing, but, like, you know, punk rock saved my life. Like, I was in a bad place when I was a kid, and tapped into the punk rock community in Cranbrook, um, mainly through this guy named Ferdy Belland, uh, who's like been one of the most amazing influences in my life. He's just like a fantastic guy, but Ferdy introduced me to Jim and we would like, this was way because I'm kind of old too. Um, cell phones were just becoming a bit of a thing and yeah, texting did not exist yet. You know, yeah. I was in my twenties when texting became a thing. Um, 140 characters. Exactly. Everyone, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was. And, and I had to like, one phone worked with texting, but the other one didn't. So it's like during the day I'd use a BlackBerry, but then at nighttime because I didn't want the BlackBerry, I had like a flip phone. Do you remember when when when, when um, we had pagers and pagers had like you know like yeah it first came with numbers and then you were able to sort of text for a little while and then yeah and you could just like you know, send like a dick emoji to your friend. And like <laughs> <page>. <laughs> no, but it was like one of those like ticker tapes that would just come across and yeah. to send your message and if you missed it <laughs> like oh I got to start with the beginning again. No, I, I remember that shit. Yeah. But like the at, at Jim, um, he welcomed everyone to his house. Yeah. Um, so if you didn't know where to go or what was going on, you could just go to Jim's house. And yeah, you brought up Jim before, I think, in, in, in talks. Yeah, when we've talked about it, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the kitchen table. Yeah. So we'd all sit at the kitchen table at Jim's house, and um, the kitchen table was like Switzerland kind of thing. Like Weren't it people encouraged to come there even when he was not there? Uh, yeah, but we would like hang out on the porch yeah. and wait for him to get That's there. So cool. And then sometimes the house would just be open. So like we yeah. just go sit at the kitchen table and wait for whoever to show up. Um, but the thing that was cool about the kitchen table was it didn't matter how old you were. It didn't matter like anything like, you know, race, religion, sex, like all that. It didn't matter at the kitchen table. Everyone was like the same. And like, yeah, we would sometimes sit around and play music or like have philosophical debates or political debates or talk about music or just get drunk or like whatever. Smoke weed. Yeah. Well, that's where I learned my love of Pacific Pilsner, which I, I which miss. Which is a great beer, by the way. Oh, this is. So last time when Zen and I were here, we were talking about Tapa Chico, but uh, this time we're going to talk about Pacific Pilsner. Now I do miss it's the artist beer. I honestly believe it. Well, I mean, like nine bucks for a six pack, you can't beat that. Yeah, it's a great price. Great yeah. uh, if you get it cold enough. It it's not. It's, it cannot be warm. No, it, it has to be cold. Um, but I do miss the old cans. They used to have like the white can yeah, with yeah, like yeah, the yeah. blue nose on it. Yes, yes, yeah. I remember this. But what makes it delicious is they pull the water out in Prince George, which has a convergence Ooh. of three pulp mills. So, like, something oh, about pulp the and paper beer. Yeah, exactly. Pulp, pulp and paper, paper beer. beer. Yeah, it but makes that, it actually delicious. That, there's some protein in pulp and paper, isn't there? Or, something? or, is there, or at least, like, carbohydrate. Uh, Carb carbohydrate, maybe? Yeah, there's, some, there's something in there. Yeah. But that, I want to like, go back to the dinner table, though. <clears throat> I really do, because... The kitchen table. The kitchen table. But yeah. I, it's, to me, it's always back to the dinner table, which, uh, which is that, those communal gathering tables, yeah. which, you know, I come from a large family. And so um, those tables, those kitchen tables, those dinner tables, those are the places where people run in and out of the house. And, yeah. you know, he, there'd be formal moments and then there would be like raw moments. The, the moment that one of your you know, siblings just started like screaming at another sibling and it just sort of broke out. But it, 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 it's the first sense of socialization and community that we get. And then when we get to do it outside of our own home and it comes to that kitchen table that you went to, it's the development of the new family. 
It's the development of the new yeah. tribe, the new group you're going to be with. And that, I think that's a very critical point in humans, a human's life. Well, it also enforced in, cause like the, the age span at the kitchen table was like, you know, teens to like, you know, people in their like fifties and sixties. Like us now. Yeah. Like, so looking back in some ways it could look a little alarming because like you know we're it, it underage should, drinking i know but i know but it table. shouldn't be alarming but no it shouldn't be because like you know drinking is not an uncommon thing in europe for like yeah. you know teens and stuff like that and they weren't letting any of us get wicked out of control or anything like it was uh it was really like loving place to be and but uh, i think that's part like people talk about guiding somebody and helping somebody grow right yeah sometimes you don't actually have to be active in that way and take somebody down a highway sometimes just giving them a safe space to speak yeah and to feel comfortable like i'm sure a lot of um who you are today artistically and how you treat people it sort of germinated in that space. It's the oh, first absolutely. time outside of the home, right? Yeah. So, like that was that was a big thing for me because, like, you know, my, in in my home life, you know, there's a lot of like judgment and, and and things like that. So, that's something that I've spent you know the last few decades trying to unlearn because you don't want to be judgmental of people and stuff. But the kitchen table was like a place where there was like there was no judgment. You know, there was no or such safe thing as a judgment. stupid idea or safe judgment. No, there wasn't even really like there. There was. I don't um, like your idea. That never occurred. Well, that's that's more like you know constructive criticism kind of stuff, or oh, like you I know, love splitting hairs. Yeah, or <laughs> just like if it was really dumb, people would be mm. like, "That's fucking stupid." Just like no, and I mean, think usually it, if if you elicited that, it was really fucking. And stupid. that's what I'm saying is that yeah. both are you are you both <clears throat> in these situations. I had similar situations, not quite as communal and as centralized and and and. and Singular, but a lot of little mini spaces like that. But it, it's this sort of, you just know you're safe. I think yeah. that's the key space. And once again, one of the big things that I'm hearing a lot right now, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to avoid all encompassing words, and I'm not going to mention them because they're going to trigger somebody. Oh, there was one of the words. Um, but <laughs> in, in, <laughs> uh, but there, there, there's a big cry, I want to be heard right now. And especially yeah. after the pandemic and stuff. And I think it's legitimate. I think a lot of people have been sitting isolated. I think people have had a really tough time. They want to be heard. But one of the most critical times in your life is this time you're talking about at that kitchen table, which is the first time that you get heard. And then when you sit beside a 55-year-old man at the age of 18 or 16 or whenever it is, and they're listening to you, a validation occurs for yeah. you to say, I am a member of society. I'm not just this little kid. I'm not just this person here. Well, and, and not just that you're a member of society, but that like, you know, your your thoughts, your opinions matter. And yes. I've been I've been really lucky with that. Like, um, <clears throat> I unfortunately was born in Calgary. Um, it's not a super proud thing, but that wasn't my choice. I love Calgary. It was just you know, kind of where my parents decided to make me. Um, but we grew up in like a. Well, we lived they in decided a it wasn't it. Well, so I was like made in the back of a Volvo station wagon, I think in Banff. And but it, yeah. there was no pre-thought about this. It was just sort of like. I think there was pre-thought. Oh, okay, so it was I, like baking I was a cake. Technically, the the third, the two didn't mm. two before me didn't make it. But um, oh, sorry, you know. So, so you're were, the first. Uh, you're, 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 you're the first child now as as far as the one who survived. Yeah, I'm the first one to make it. And then they had two after. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And in those times, part of part of life. Yeah. Well, you know, my mom really wanted a girl and all my dad can make is boys. So, you know, she was disappointed. She ended up with three boys. Um, a little girly. 
<laughs> you should meet my brother. Anyways, <laughs> um, growing up in Calgary, like we ended up, um, we lived in a bunch of co-ops, but right before we moved away to Kimberly, um, we moved to um, 17th Ave Southwest, like the, the fancy, yeah, fancy, fancy area there. Calgary. And uh, we lived in this like really beautiful old Victorian uh, two story that uh, was built by one of the first doctors that moved into Calgary mm-hmm. and um, kind of a creepy place. Like he, it was in the family for like all of the generations mm-hmm. until we were the first non-familial people to, okay. to live there. <clears throat> and there's like a whole story behind that anyways. But um, when we lived on, it was on 5A Street in Calgary. My best friend on 5A Street was a guy he was probably about like in his mid 60s mid to late 60s okay his name is james small age gap there yeah Yeah. his his name is james c short okay and uh he had worked for the hudson bay company as a watchmaker and repair guy his whole life retired from working at the bay and he had the most fantastical workshop in his basement where he had just like all these mm-hmm. old watches and stuff and all these things. But um, he was my best friend for, for the longest time. And, uh, you know, now that would be a little weird, like, you know, a five-year-old kid, like hanging out with like a really old man. But my, my, my parents never really questioned it too much. His and wife... Nothing happened, though, right? No, no. He, he was good. Good, good, innocent, funny. <laughs> a little bit. Like, there was a few times where, like, you know, maybe... Um, there was a, a couple times where he was like a bit racist, not towards me, but just like I'm not just talking like about the racist. I was just talking about any of that no no places. Oh no, there was there was there was, was no 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 places. But um, so so your was, first was, best friend was a racist. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, my grandpa was racist too. So it's like you know I've, I've been around racism for a while. Um, but the thing that was cool about Mister Short it was um, he didn't really care about like the age and stuff and like. Yeah. You know, we would just sit on his back porch and talk about life, which is like a weird thing being like a five-year-old, like, what do I have to talk about life? But he would just like listen to me asking questions about things and he would like share his anecdotes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, show me. Why, you know, if there's no shitty stuff happening, right? Like the really yeah. shitty stuff happening. Why, you know, I get the age gap and people are like, well, why would he want to hang out? Maybe this is somebody who wanted to make a difference in, in a singular person's life. Like a lot of people want to do things on, on a grand scale, but yeah. maybe that person want to make a difference. And maybe that person also completely enjoyed your company. Well, we enjoyed each <laughs> that's other's an actual, company. That's an actual thing that people do, yeah. you know, enjoy company, right? His, his wife didn't like it. She was not a fan of me, but like I, I would do things like, you know, what do you I, do? I'd go over after school and like, like poke my face in their like mailbox and be like, Mr. Shark, there's no like phones or anything. And she'd be like, oh, it's a kid again. And then he'd be all stoked and like, you know, we'd just like talk about whatever. I wonder how many like wonderful sexual experiences you destroyed as a five year old. (laughs) (laughs) Like when things were just going really well with them. Well, if you hang out with that kid again. Well, so... (laughs) I don't know if I've somehow ruined, I feel like I'm the interviewer here. <laughs> I don't know if I've ruined any of them for for Mr. Short and his wife. Um, he's he's long since passed, and she passed way before him. Um, I definitely ruined I'm just a moment. Check my Instagram. Quick. Okay. I just realized I, that I did not turn my phone off. I definitely ruined a moment with my parents, though. And oh, was, that, uh, that's integral, though. Well, this this was like this was a core memory moment for me. 
Like, cause you know, I'm historically, I'm a very shitty student. Like I'm not unintelligent, but I just didn't like school. It just didn't really drive with me. I got my first a ever. This was like grade. So I don't know, like grade six, grade five or six. Mm-hmm. We lived right across the street from the elementary school. This is, we were in Fort St. John and I went to CM Finch elementary school mm-hmm. up there and we were the second. You do house a lot in. of shout outs. I like that. Yeah. We were, we were the second house in from, from the school and I got my first a, and you know, I was like a solid like D minus student up until that first thing. So feeling. I was just, like losing my fucking mind. Like, you know, I, I was running home. Holding but you were my happy mind. about that A though. I was, I was really proud of it, you know, because that, that was my first day ever. And what was it in again? I can't fucking remember because, you know, the core, the core memories shifted a little bit away from the A. <laughs> <laughs> <And> so, okay. <laughs> what I do remember though was it was like springtime. So the weather was nice because Fort St. John really fucking sucks. And I'm running across just like as I, I haven't even left the school grounds yet. And I'm like, mom, dad, mom, dad. And I'm like waving my like mm-hmm. A in the air. And like, I'm running like home with this. And like, you know, I left my brothers there and like ran home before everyone else. And I like tear into, I was like bust the door down. I'm like, mom, mm-hmm. dad, check it out. And I'm running all around the house. Can't fucking find it. You know, they're just, oh, you know, they're and, and so, yeah. So I'm like, I go upstairs, I go downstairs. I'm like, you know, checking all the things and I'm just like, where I want to show them my A because I'm yeah. not dumb. And so I get this idea to like check their room. So I kick the door. I'm like, mom, dad, and then I, I call my dad mid stroke. He, he was like on, he was on the backstroke. Do they know about this? We've never talked about it. So this is, this so is what happened. They're not watching this Instagram together. I, this. I don't think they watch my stuff. Okay. Um, so yeah, I caught it. He was, he was like on the backstroke and then he like turned around and he like had this face like, Oh fuck. Oh shit. And then my mom just kind of like poked out and we all kind of just looked at each other for a moment and then I just closed their door. Oh, so nobody said, get out of here. No, we've, not a single word has been uttered between us about this. Is there? I just closed the door and I went downstairs and I turned the TV on and I just like sat there and I watched TV all night by myself. They had dinner without me and I could hear them upstairs. And my brother's like, where's Merlin? He's downstairs. Just leave him alone. And is this <laughs> indicative though of the relationship that you had with your parents that, that like a lot of things were not spoken? That's always like water under the bridge or like, you know, shit like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that, that just got deep. Sorry. No, it's it's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, bit of childhood trauma. It's is what makes me me. Um, but yeah, I think it's was... what makes everybody everybody's <laughs> childhood trauma. I don't think we'd be the people we are today without the childhood trauma that we experienced. No, and I'm I'm luckily that that's like the worst. Other than like you know, um, oh fuck, what was it? Recently, Merlin, I had just to like, show me on this doll where he touched you. Luckily, I've never been touched in bad ways by people unless I wanted it. Um, so, you know, that I'm is, that is actually one of the blessings of the entire world. Very grateful for that. But I did bless new psychologist recently. And so she's like asking me all these like questions. And one of them was, you know, did, do you have any, like, were you abused as a child? Do you have any mm-hmm. childhood trauma? And I'm like, I grew up in the eighties. Like, you know, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> obviously there was childhood drama. <laughs> and she's like, well, and I'm like, I mean, yeah, sure, I guess. But it's like, they weren't like mean about it. It was just, that was the time. So. Do you find that, like for, for me, I, I can honestly say, I, I definitely had a lot of childhood trauma. I, mm. I, I, um, I grew up in a, in a very large home. Um, I had eight sisters. Holy shit. Um, intermarriage. 
not one oh, bow-legged sorry. woman wondering what happened with her life. It's like, yeah, uh, it's it, it was intermarriage, right? It's just like babies. Yeah, it's just like babies. She's like, oh fuck, another one. God <laughs> damn it! Every sperm is sacred. <laughs> um, but uh, so it, 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 there was a lot of trauma in the separation of my parents, the marriage of my uh, father and my stepmother, the. Uh, uh, a home that only had my sister and I, my oldest sister and I, and that suddenly be housed not only all of my parent, my father's other kids, but also my stepmother's kids. And all of a sudden, we went into that. That was traumatic. Um, I'm a, a, I'm oh, there's Zena. I'm a survivor of. Um, What's up, fucker? Yeah. Oh, oh that's hey, that's friends. the way to welcome. Hi. Um, sorry, we don't have a microphone for you, but you no, may come sit on the couch. There's a microphone over there. Oh, there's, oh, I'm just. There's there's a there's a micro. We were just at a really deep moment yeah. here, so we're gonna go back to we're gonna go back to the interview here because, yeah, yeah. in fact, I've been interviewing Merlin the whole time. No, I think it's it's been a bit no, really no, even I'm, I'm, back I'm, and forth. I'm having fun. I'm having fun. Yeah, um, but you gotta watch out for your phone there, so Zena could pop a squat. Oh, okay, yeah, pop a squat. No, no, don't have the phone. There. Get close, like you like each other. Yeah, or whatever. We kind of like each other. We don't. Yeah, just a little, just yeah. what, nobody can hear you because like you're not on the petite. mic. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I'm going to go back into where we were there just for a second. So there, there was, there was, there was definitely um, a lot of trauma there. But I don't feel as if now I'm in later life with all the other things I've experienced that are non-traumatic and all the things that have been good and exciting and and wonderful. I don't feel as if my trauma, as 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 hard as it was, or wherever I live now, defines me. Do you feel like that's helped any of your like creative endeavors though? Like, is there aspects the of like trauma helped with? My, yeah. um, like, is there I like things so. that that you've done like creatively that you feel you might not have if you like you know had a more adjusted childhood? I feel as if not the tr- the trauma itself affects it. I think the struggle to overcome the trauma affects my work. Um, I'm very much as. <laughs> Not like with with everything a survivalist. What oh, what's happening here? But, but how does that make you feel? Um, the camera you're holding in your hand, or the trauma? No, no, the trauma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let's, how does that make you feel, Charles? Yeah. <laughs> makes yeah. me feel warm and comfy. <laughs> I feel like I've been involved for a while. Um, no, I, I'm I'm a big Zen, and I actually talk a lot about it in our work. Is lean into the error is what we call an error. May be the wrong word, but where things are not strong, and there's the, an idea that in our um, in our trauma, in the things that go wrong, we can actually grow and become strong. And to me, this is the true survivalist of life, is the person who is barraged with the attacks of emotion and then overcomes it and grows as much as they can. Um, I don't think everybody can do it, but I have a real respect for people who have suffered um, at the hands of other people and the trauma and built something for themselves despite that. So I think that's affected my work because when I'm l- the people that I'm really interested in photographing, the people that I'm very interested in meeting through that photographic process are the people who have fought through that. And I just, I, I don't know, I just have such a respect for it. Uh, all humans who are able, able to do that and not people who use Polaroid and Instax. <laughs> I just want to let you know that I have no respect for these people at all. They feel that there should be no editing. There should be no editing. They just want life to be real. It's about it being honest. Real? Yeah. No, it's honest. It's an honest be real. Yeah. Really, really real. Really real? Am I eating the microphone enough? No, you're good. All of us are. Yeah. 
You gotta like get just like I gotta I gotta no, get back into practice good. here. Yeah, you're, you're doing good. I think that I, I oh, see that's what happens with these two. You're just sitting around <laughs> living your own life, just and then all of a sudden it must be recorded now. It's like having no, a little this, brother who just discovered how to use the iPhone. But dude, I've been waiting for this to come back. Oh, for like, okay, yeah. For like how long have you been without it? The SLR six eight zero. Yeah. So this is this is the first six eighty that I bought. And this is the legendary, legendary one that I thought I'd have to suck a dick for. Um, I didn't. Would you think have? It. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah, as long as we know what yeah. the price will be. Oh, <laughs> I really <laughs> feel like I'm at the orgy and everybody is taking a piece. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, uh, it's a special camera. I got it in Toronto. Um, at first, I thought I was going to die for it. And then, you know, then everything else happened. Um, I like having the press. Like you have the press tape name there. Oh, like I, I like, I what, like they, what do they call that thing? The di- dino. The dino. Di- dino. Yeah, yeah like dino. they were everywhere. I actually have an old postal unit at my house, which was for for mail sorting, and each of the areas of BC are labeled on, and it's beautiful oh, with it, cool. with this and. I don't know. It just we just don't have this anymore. This labeling process anymore. Mm-hmm. Nobody does anymore, and it just speaks to a very exacting time, which I do believe is very close to the Polaroid time. So it's kind of cool that yeah, it goes together. it's around like a similar vintage. Like, um, yeah, this one I've been through a lot with this camera because like I bought it and then it broke, and I sent it off to Brooklyn Film Camera, and that's why I don't like them anymore. Is it took them it's, way too it's long? It's really to easy. It. To hate people who repair cameras. Well, no, so it's, it's no, not, no. Mostly no, everybody is, is repaired by no, no. But, but here's they're, the they're sort of like garage mechanics. They're, no. they're, they're they're telling you shit you don't know, and they just want more it's, money from you. Well, it's a double thing. So it's like I sent it to them because they promised they would get it back to me within a certain time frame because I wanted uh, to take yeah, it on they a can't do that either. By the way, yeah, no, it, it showed up like two months after I needed. Of course, it. but this is all um, the story of all camera repairs. So ever. that's strike one, but then like strike infinity was what they've done to pack film prices because like they seem to be the ones that find all the estate sales on pack film and they're why it's like 150 dollars they're, they're like the the toilet paper hoarders of the early covid yeah yeah which this yeah. kind of uh, behavior sh- you should be taken to a small island individually as people they're all lovely and like you know ben fraternelli uh, mm-hmm. in, in an instant uh, i've interviewed him before i love that guy he's fantastic he's now a partner there and so you know I, I had like a, a bit of like a, oh my God, but like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, business is business, Merlin. But I just got this back from uh, my pal in Den, Texas, Zane Pollard. Yeah. Oh, and, I like that name. Uh, yeah, Zane, Zane's good shit. But, Pollard, uh, Polaroid? Yeah. And, Coincidence, uh, I think not. So he worked on a bunch of them for me and he customized this one a bit. And then he made me like another How full How did he customize custom. it? Um, I like the honeycomb shit. Clear that's the case flash. on well, the top. So this, this is... Uh, this is the, uh, sonar autofocus so it's like oh. it sends sonar it's a beams. little weird the way you sort of uh, like that. yeah yeah it's like oh it's, it's happy to see you <laughs> <laughs> okay um so he didn't do like a crazy ton to this he just <laughs> fixed stuff that brooklyn film camera didn't and then he put this cool clear housing on but the one that he went apeshit for me on is this one so what you're saying is this person was far better singularly than the repair house Yes. Okay. So improving my point, once again, where I started, looking at the camera again. 
Um, be very leery of camera repair. I think um, it. I think at times it's almost better to go to the manufacturer, but they will also make you wait a long time. Well, so I did have like Zane. He's a one man shop, so like it. It was a very long time, and uh, I was. And you had an in with Zane. Yeah. So um, it still took you a while. So I. Can, I'm sorry. Can you? Can you? I. I know I'm not the interviewer here, but can you? Go towards the camera and just show people what happened there, like the no, way they, that they the way it. it goes flat. Yeah, so no, it's I, just it's like, like it, it's just it, it's unbelievable. It's I feel like you're double O Merlin, like when you do that. Yeah, the customs guy when I went to go pick this up in Point Roberts, he's like, "That's not a camera." I'm like, "It is." He's <laughs> like, "It's not a camera." And I open it up, he's like, "Oh, it's a camera." Like, <laughs> he was very grumpy with me. Um, but this is this is the super scoop one that he made for me, so. Um, Polaroid never made a black SLR 680. Um, okay. The silver, or sorry, they never made a silver SLR 680. This is an SX70. Okay. Well, it's an SX70 sonar body, but it has the guts of a 680 put on it. Is this pimp my Polaroid? Yeah, this is this is this is super <laughs> pimp is. Polaroid. So um, he made me a silver one, and then uh, Retrospect makes these cool clear housings. So the black one has the smoked one, and then he put the clear one on this one for does me does he digitally print that is that how he makes it like what no no do? that's just that's just part of the um no but i'm just saying he you said that he makes the clear housing is that just retro, done with retrospect us so oh, they, okay. they pay someone to so he didn't make these he just put it together for me because like i'm all butterfingers um but the coolest party trick of this guy is it's not only the color but on the inside it has a split prism focus screen which was only in the manual focus can you explain that to our viewers <laughs> Okay, so when you're doing a manual focus, for, for those of you who've probably never used a manual focus camera because everything's like all automatic and you can just mm -hmm. like do whatever, inside of the viewfinder, there's like a little bullseye in the center mm -hmm. that the images sometimes split. And yeah. so like the split prism to get focus, you want the image to match right in the center. Okay. And so that's and what you're searching through when you're adjusting or it does it itself? Well, so when it's in auto mode, yeah. oh, this one, there's no battery on this right now. Yeah. Um, but when it's in auto mode, it'll just hunt on its own, but you can flick it into manual mode and you can do manual focus and you can see that in there. Um, the autofocus Polaroids didn't have the split prism focus screen because they were like, well, it's autofocus, okay. you don't need it. Um, so that was like the coolest thing he threw in there for me. And then this is the one that I was like most impatient to get. Mm -hmm. um, this is a Sonar SX-70, but it's heavily modified. So um, this one has... Pimp um, my Polaroid. Yes, pimp my Polaroid. This one has an open SX-70 control board in it. So just behind the lens board here is Can like... you explain the, that to it for our viewers? <laughs> okay, so... Only for our viewers. Um, so these cameras originally had a PCB made by Polaroid, which was like a Texas Instruments and like some other ones in there. And then a company called Mint, which Zena bought their RF-70 recently... Yeah, I hate money. <laughs> um, Mint or, or no, maybe you love money so much you think other people should have it. Yes, <laughs> I love it so much. I want to just give it all away. So anybody out yeah. there who wants some of Zena's money, you can call her at 555-5555. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and she has a lot of it. I have to talk to Zane about the Open SX70 because it looks like it's overexposing. But the so the Open SX70 has a, a custom control board in it, and um, and it's, a wick it seems. Well, so this is for D 
doing firmware updates to it. You oh, okay. plug in a thing and you can update the software in it because it runs a little Arduino board inside. Ooh, Arduino. Yeah. So it's like a completely hackable camera kind of thing. And then it also somewhat like the Mint R uh, SLR670, which is like a fancy um, SX70 you can buy that has like, they call it the time machine. This has a little dongle thing that you put into the flash Dongle. Bar and you can control manual focus. You can plug it into um, flash for doing studio flash and stuff. And so, um, yeah, I want to experiment with this because I might use it this weekend for doing portraits during the uh, open studio. Oh, you know, I, the, the, the picture that was used um, for this 100th episode was shot at that portrait time before. It was, yeah. So I'm coming back for another portrait. Uh, well, so guaranteed. I might have 8x10 Polaroid at that one. 8 by 10 Polaroid. Yes. Yeah. So anybody who wants to spend the $250 that it takes for your headshot to be done in the 8 by 10 <laughs> Polaroid, please come down here to Merlin Studio um, here at the uh, City Center Artist Lodge. What is your studio number? Uh, I'm not going to put it publicly, but just message it's me on five, 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 mm, oh. five, 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 five. Uh, that's the old Hollywood number. The moment of panic. I, 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 like, I, no. really, I, I really want to tell our viewers out there, the people that are that are watching, that this 100th episode, it turns out, was actually Merlin's interview, and I'm loving it because we're learning. <laughs> I'm learning so much about Merlin's interview. I've become the interview, and Sen has become my Ed McMahon, just going pearl earrings, dongle. <laughs> oh, I'm. I totally for. I thought I had two boxes, but I only have one. So I've got ten black and white shots of 8x10 Polaroid. Okay. So I wish a beverage. Could, I wish, yeah, can she have a beverage? Do you want uh, a yeah. white cloth? Sure. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, I'm acting like this is my studio. Yeah, I think I'm going to need another one of those as okay, well. Dig in. Uh, uh, this um, is actually the longest. I just want to let you know um, I am jonesing for a cigarette, uh, but I'm going to sit here. I'm going to stay here with everybody. I, I, I just want to go back to a couple of the places that we that we've, uh, I guess, haunted before or been for in this conversation. Um, Merlin is, without a doubt, in the city center artist lodge. He's sort of like a central figure in the sense that he's always got an ear or time for certain people to just sort of come along and, 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 and say their say and speak their speak. Um, you're welcoming. You're incredibly... Uh, what we were talking about before... You're one of those people that gives people a safe space. Um, Zen and I are two completely different human beings. Really? Both of us. I didn't notice. Oh, that's good. Let's that's get it. That's both the humor. cut from the same cloth. Yes, we're yeah. twins, 30 years apart. Twinsies. Yes, twinsies, 30 years apart. But <laughs> you give us the same time, um, the, the same space. And um, I'm, I got this. Do, do you know the actor Michael Ironside? Canadian actor, been around. Oh, I fucking love Michael Trooper. Ironside. Yeah, yeah. I got Starship to, Troopers. Yeah. yeah, I got to work with him in one of my first gigs in Vancouver, which was Outer Limits. Ooh, and, I love and the Outer Limits. The Outer Limits, and we were in the very last episode of that reincarnation of it. I think that it's had a couple since and and a couple before. Yeah, because that was like um, they re they rebooted yes. the old shit. The, that one rebooted. It's all right. Nobody cares about what's going on outside. No, I was um, just saying. Yeah. And loud. so I ended up on, I was wearing a full cowl makeup. If anybody out there knows what full cowl makeup, it means that your whole face and your body is covered. And the two things that struck me about this human being were, it did not matter whether he was speaking to an extra, the script supervisor, 
or he was speaking to the director or, or even me, his tone never changed. And I've noticed that in human beings, this is a very, very rare thing. You know, like when you're on the phone with your significant other and you're like, oh yeah, babe. And your tone goes up and down. No change of tone. And this is something that I've noticed in you. And it's something that I honestly believe when you meet human beings who don't change their tone and don't reinvent themselves, which I think most of us end up doing, mm. this is one of the unicorn situations in this world. And so for me, in spending time with you, um, in, in getting to share your space with you, this has been one of the greatest privileges is to watch you with other humans and just sort of give people that time, give people that space, and but more importantly, just to give them the respect to not like placate them and not change your tone and just be you. Well, so you know, going back to the trauma discussion, mm -hmm. that comes from trauma. So, mm -hmm. like you know, I've uh, had a lot of shit experiences with people over over the years, and uh, have not been treated well by a lot of different people, and uh, I didn't appreciate how that felt. Mm -hmm. So. I make an effort to, you know, treat people decently. But that's part of the survival thing that I was talking about after you said, like, did you, just yeah. like, are you led by, by your trauma? I'm led by watching how, not only how I do it, but also more importantly, how other people do it. What are your survival techniques? What, what do you do to not pass on the trauma? And I think that people, we, we don't talk enough about what we can do to not pass off trauma. We talk about how we can better ourselves, self-help, but how can you benefit yourself at the same time as not repeating the cycles and mm -hmm. passing on off trauma? And what you do where you live is like, uh, I'm not going to get, I'm going to rib, I'm going to do all these things, but I'm not leaving <laughs> you with any of my manure, right? Like from my past. No, because that, that's not a nice feeling. You don't want to, like, dump that on. And, you know, I have to thank years of therapy to help with that because it's, uh, you know. Go get therapy, kids. Therapy is important. You know, I agree. You know, 100%. I've had years of therapy. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, and you get what you pay for with therapy. So it's yeah. like, you know, access whatever you can. But um, if you have the means to spend more, do that because, um, you know, you're worth the investment. And, uh also, like when you pay for a better therapist, you you get better help. Like, uh, but know. I think it's I think therapists are also like medication and garage mechanics. Uh, you got to have well, a connection with them. You've got to. It, it's it, it is important that they know what they're talking about. No, yeah. no questions asked. But there, are, you're not looking for a placator. You're just looking for somebody where there's a certain connection. Because I got to tell you, there have been people who've been able to bring stuff out of me, and it's not just been because of their education. They just know how to speak. Yeah, that, that's you should an important test, thing. You should too, go to different therapists. Is, can you do like just sort of like a drive-by with a therapist where you can just go and check out like, oh, I just want to see if we're going to be fit. Sometimes. Like what, what I did when I found my therapist in Toronto that was really fantastic was um, I looked for companies that had like in-depth bios on the people there. Oh, so you did research. And yeah, yeah. Because like I, I look at therapy as like relationships. Like, you know, when, when you're, when you're dating, like you want to find someone that's going to be compatible with you yeah. that, you know, will drive with, um, you know, what, what, like the kind of person you are. And even then, like I've, I've run into some stuff like my, my one therapist, I was really good in Toronto. Um, <laughs> we had a little bit of beef cause I guess on my like 
Second. You had beef with your therapist? Well, she had beef with me, which I kind of like blew off. You had a no bit. beef with her? No, no, I had no beef with her. Okay. But um, I had like, I think it was my second or third session with her, and I had a really shit day at work. Like, I was just a fucking grumpy puss. And uh, so I was like not really in a receptive headspace. And she had made a comment that I found really dismissive and i was like i don't know I, I said something to the effect of like i don't know i don't give a shit like just fucking you can take my money and just like listen to me like you know bitch and moan or whatever and that's fine and i didn't pay any mind to it but then it was like my sixth or seventh session with her she and she'd been kind of like those sessions leading up to that she was a little saltier with me and uh she brought it up she's like you know you said something a few sessions ago that was. But you're like, not in a relationship that, that really, together. That really bothered me, and I was like, oh, "What's that?" And you know, it was, it was like the, the take my money thing. And I was like, "I appreciate you sharing that with me, but also like I don't pay you to be upset." Listen, listen. I, I've been to um, to a lot of therapy. I've been to psychologists. Um, part of going to those tender spaces, yeah. Um, causes knee-jerk reactions emotionally to occur. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, as long as it's not, we're not talking about violence. No, or, I'm not or, violent, or fear. I know, but like, but yeah. it's, a therapist's job is to experience that, not take it personally. Yeah. Understand that that's part of it. And then when you bringing it back up, well, then I'm going to need 25% off this, <laughs> this visit because now we're dealing with your shit, right? Where couldn't you just go to your own therapist to talk about the stuff that we're doing here? Yeah. It just, I, that's, there, that, that, it's a focus on others it's, that's it's bothering an, me it's, right it's now. An, right? It's an interesting thing with that because like when, when I was married, my ex-wife and I went to a marriage counselor in Prince George. And this is one of those, like, you get what you pay for moments. So this was a marriage counselor through my, like, employee benefits or whatever. So it was, a, it was a free counselor. And this guy looked, like, straight up, like, fucking King of Queens, like Kevin James, like Paul Blart fucking guy. Which we don't judge. Yeah, we don't judge. But, um, you know, a big conversation topic when you're married is sexual relations. Lack thereof, like, whatever. And um, so we get into like the regular arguments we get into is like, you know, I'm, I'm a married couple. Um, and then we like touch on some intimacy stuff. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, nope, nope. Time out. Nope. <laughs> nope. And he was just like, we don't talk about that. And I'm like, what the fuck do you talk about then? Like, you know, you're a goddamn marriage counselor. Can I ask you a question? Was he a part time ref? He could, he could have been. Yeah. I, Did, was I he like, wearing the black and white striped jersey? <laughs> okay, guys, time out right now. No, he was no, like, we're not going to talk about your sex life. That's your fucking problem. He's like khakis and a polo shirt kind of guy. Uh, like, okay. yeah. He could have been a ref. He, he looked very like refish. No, but when you're talking about know. the Kevin James sort of look, that, but then that's, we had that's to like fuck it. We ended up having to like counsel him because he got all like triggered by like you know sex talk, and then we spent the rest of the session like calming him down. There's that word again. Yeah. And so I ended up, I phoned EAP and I was like, yeah, that last session doesn't fucking count. I get one more back because this guy As sucked. should. We ended up having to counsel him. And they're like, oh, what <laughs> happened? I explained it. They're like, oh, sorry about that. Yeah, you get one more credit. I'm like, yeah, fuck rights I do. 
Anyways. Uh, well, moving on, because you, you did something right there, which was uh, bringing the word trigger in, and Zan and I have been talking about triggering. Oh, yes. oh wait, just a sec, though. Uh, David Hunter <coughs> says, Michael Ironside was amazing in Scanners, which I have to... Agreed, 100%. I, Scanners I, actually, you know what? Before I go into uh, the word trigger, I want to go back to the Michael Ironside conversation. This is what a mensch Michael Ironside was. I, I would almost <coughs> say even a super mensch. He was a super mensch, no questions asked. Yeah. We're sitting down there. It's the last episode. It's sort of it, it's sort of a mix of a country western alien thing going on, which I do would later become uh, uh, the premise of a, of a movie, which is cowboys versus aliens. I don't think they're interlinked, but it was the same sort of premise. Mm. And um, I'm dressed in this full cowl. I was mentioning before it's cowl makeup, which means that there, there's no part of the upper part of your body where your skin is breathing anymore because it's just covered with. Um, prosthetic makeup that sounds cool. uncomfortable i used to specialize in that and, okay. and i actually didn't have a super problem with it it just when it's really hot it was really hot that day mm. and so we we shot for about four days my good friend jerry south who i'm going to give a shout out was on that as well playing another one of the aliens and i at this point there was a thing within the union with the, that was called special abilities which means that you got paid slightly more well uh, quite a bit more than a background performer right um, you weren't quite silent on camera, blah, 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 blah. And so I'm sitting down there. We're doing the whole thing. We come to the last day, and it's in a massive hut. And Michael Ironside is coming to this crescendo of his character and stuff. And the aliens are interacting, but nobody's saying anything. Mm. And I've been hanging with this guy, just like sitting and chatting. And, you know, quintessential Canadian, right? Uh, she's taking pictures <laughs> of her. I'm, I'm, I'm actually telling a warm, heartwarming I'm story, and you are taking pictures of your microphone. Okay. Out. Then it's um, like, whatever, I hear yeah, Charles talk all the all time. The time. Yes, yeah. exactly. I've got tons of Charles stories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> please dial 1-800-GO-FUCK-YOURSELF, and Zena will share those stories with you. <laughs> um, and so we're, we're just at this, this point, and all of a sudden, Michael Ironside says, I, this doesn't feel right. I feel like one of the aliens would come over and say something to me here. And he points directly at me and he goes, Charles, you come over here and say something. There's a director, a producer there. And he's like, let's play this out. And then all of a sudden, the producers and directors wanting to make Michael happy yeah. um, were like, yeah, okay, bring that alien get, get in and he'll say something. The minute I opened up my mouth, that brought me from 400, well, I don't know, 250 a day to six hundred dollars, six fifty a day, and it had to be done retroactive to all of the days I was there. Oh shit! And I just look over as we finish the scene, and Michael Ironside, who's being pulled away because you know he's the star of, uh, at this point, and he just looks back at me and he just gives me a little wink and. I was like, dude, you just threw money my way at a time when, you know, I was truly a starving artist. And I just thought, here's this guy. He's here working. He's doing his thing. But he still had a moment to make sure that somebody else got a payoff and that somebody else was taken care of. So I've had a, a certain respect for um, Michael Ironside my entire career. Not only did, do I love him, not only is he... Canadian, which I also love. He was also a cable layer. That's where he started. He was laid, laying cable for the movie industry. And oh, he wow. worked his way up. He's literally one of those guys who worked his way up. So who was it who said that comment? Yes. Michael Ironside is a fucking cool dude. He is a cool dude. How many viewers so, do we have right now, by the way? Six? Eight? Uh, I don't know. Sometimes it's not very accurate. Like it was, It's like it was eight earlier. It's six now. 
Um, that was pretty dead on. So far, no one at, in YouTube. But this also goes to podcast after. Yeah. So. You know, I don't care. I, I'm here to hang. I just wanted to know. Well, that's the thing too. I I don't really care about like the amount of of people get. I don't get upset about that because like you know it's about the experience of like getting to know another human and spending that time and um, you know sometimes there's that vulnerability in the mix there, which is, is kind of nice. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm actually dying for a cigarette. So I think that we've listened to me for a, a bit of time here. <clears throat> I'm gonna. Can I leave well, you and Z Wong for a second? Just go quickly I mean, have a cigarette and come back. Yeah, because I'd like to keep this. I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I'm really fucking enjoying this. Well, I, I still need to know like how you got into photography. We haven't touched that yet. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked about my <laughs> photography as much. And you know what? It's yeah. really funny because I was actually talking to some really good friends, and a lot of my friends are in different industries, right? Uh-huh. And one thing that when you're in the, uh, either the waitering industry or the film industry. You tend to talk about your work a lot. Yeah. So it, it quite gratuitously, fellow actors and, and, and people who work in, in, in the restaurant business will tell you about their shifts and their work. But I've noticed that's not a thing photographers do much. We don't finish our day of work, head home, and then have like our conversations about the day. We usually just do it. We go home. And most of the people that I talk to in this industry seem... Um, to have that same feeling, I think it's also because you do a lot of it alone sometimes. Yeah, um, Zan and I don't have. Well, but then there's also the gear talk time and stuff. Some people gear really talk love time. Gear talk. I time. try to leave when there's no other people around. Having lived through the, the restaurant mm. business and the film industry, I'm now realizing how many people listen to me talk about that <laughs> shit. Um, I, I try to as soon as it gets sort of gear talky. Uh, sometimes I, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I did. I was sitting with Craig Barker, another one of our friends. Shout Craig out. Craig Barker. Craig Barker. Um, and I was at a party and we started talking gear. And I think we were maliciously talking gear. Because uh, <laughs> the party to, had got so boring and so terrible that we just sort of monopolized the entire <laughs> party talking well, gear there, there's, talk. There's been a few times I've been hanging out at Henry's house. And, um, you know, Henry loves talking about gear. Uh, but his his wife Jeannie, not she's not she's an artist as well. But like as soon as the camera stuff, she's like, ah, oh, fucking camera stuff, and he just like kind of shuffles out, which sometimes bums me out because like I lo- she's a very interesting person, so I like when she hangs out and mm-hmm. like shares her stories and stuff. But like gear talk just makes her like disappear almost immediately. <laughs> like, gear talk is essential. It's just I think there's a time and a place for it. Yeah. I just, just that's just me. I, I, I can't speak for anybody else. I will go before I, I, we we go to the cigarette because I can't hold my life for a cigarette. I'm an old school smoker. I admit it, but I, I can hold my life for it. To no, go no, to, no. to to no no to go to. I do want to talk 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 very quickly about um, where I started with photography. Okay. Because um, I started, Wait, but I didn't ask you about that. I, so what, Charles, tell me about what got you into photography. Well, Merlin. <laughs> Um, so when I think about photography, I touch myself. Um, <laughs> There's no judgment here. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, I started early, early. Masturbation is very important and healthy. Uh, yes, I highly encourage it. Yeah. I highly encourage it. Um, <laughs> Anyways, so. <laughs> Great segue. <laughs> you start photography, photography. The art of masturbation. Um, uh, years and years ago, I started my photographic journey I was going to Dawson College and I decided I was going to go and take photography course because I wanted to be a filmmaker and an actor. This is back in Montreal. 
And I thought, it, for some reason, I don't know why, I thought taking a photography class would help me with that. No, it's important, though, because yeah. like, you look at, look at Kubrick. Yep. One of, one of the best filmmakers out there, and mm -hmm. he was a photographer before he got it. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I went there. I, wa I wanted to understand uh, composition. But it became quite uh, apparent quite quickly that my problem with the whole process was I would get searing headaches in the lab. Oh, you, didn't, you didn't like the chemicals? The chemicals in the lab would make me violently ill. Mm. So I couldn't. And I'm such, even now, such a control freak with my work. The fact that I could only take the picture and not manipulate it afterwards in the lab um, really bothered me. Everything from you know manipulating the actual process of of, uh, of doing all the processing Ansel the Adam film, stuff. but also the Ansel Adams stuff. Yeah. It it it, I, it it just sort of took a little bit of the wind out of my sails. Mm -hmm. So then I leave photography com completely behind. I go and I pursue a communications degree, a social sciences degree, and a theater degree. Um, I decide that the place I'm going to land is I'm going to be an actor. I moved to Vancouver. I met a beautiful girl, moved out here with her, and then she found the woman of her dreams. An actor? Uh, she was not an actress. She was a singer. No, I was an actor, yes. Yeah. Very much an actor. Um, <laughs> so I come out here, I pursue my dreams, and I, and I do have a reasonable amount of luck, but at the same time, I have to be a father and a waiter just to pay the bills. Hey, Zena, and Sarah's watching. Sarah's watching. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> We're Hello, looking Sarah. forward to your arrival soon. You'll, Very one, much so. One of us. One of us wants that arrival more no, than no, the no. other. What? Yeah, the, one of <laughs> us. One of us. Zena missed it. At the start, we were talking about starting a cult. Yes, yes, we are. Oh, I, wait. Yeah. Am I going to be the the head of the cult? No. We, See, I wanted you to be the head, but... Who's going to be the head of the cult? Claude. Thank Claude, you. Claude Duhamel. Proving that we actually did have this conversation before. <laughs> so back to the journey of becoming a photographer, which will be a long journey. No, it's going to be very short from here. Yeah, um, you're I, nicking out. Um, I'm going to, I finish the degrees. I move out here, become an actor. My girlfriend finds the woman of her dreams. Um, I stay here. I meet my ex-wife. We have a child. Still pursuing acting. And then, uh, sorry, acting in restaurant business. And then I found that I really, really wasn't enjoying the restaurant business anymore. And so I was lucky enough uh, to be in the right environment where my boss took me and pushed me into the marketing department of the restaurant because it was a mm -hmm. large corporation. I'm not going to mention them because I do not want to give them press. Um, and uh, I ended up becoming part of the digital marketing world as in its naissance, um, as Facebook was just and coming out, right? Okay. And uh, it was, I, I gotta be honest, the, the way it was used as a tool early on, it was it caught on like wildfire. We were in the world of Yelp and everything and it was going really great. And I ended up leaving that company, starting my own uh, digital marketing company, did that for two and a half years, it was very successful. But however, didn't take on any partners so that when we got hit really hard with two of our clients not paying us, the business yeah. was raped of money. I'm oh, sorry, uh, removed of Oof. money. Hard word. Sorry, we won't use that word again. Um, that totally dropped our viewership to one. Um, no, pe pe people are still there. Um, I was, I was like, it took all the money out of, out of our sales, but I had been creating all the digital content at the time because I had a little Nikon that I was using to create it, and I realized I really liked photography again. And so, in at one point, I looked at the pictures I was taking, I was looking at the job I was doing, I wasn't left with any money. And I said, 
why am I doing this digital marketing when I'm monitoring 25 people's social media at a time? I really hate this thing. Because you got to pay rent. Yeah. But then I discovered the photography. Could, I could do that with the photography. And then I realized that that was the thing that I actually really liked. I actually enjoyed what I liked the most about doing that job was doing the photography and creating the content for it. So then I go from there to becoming a, an event photographer, which mm-hmm. I think is one of the greatest spaces for anybody, wedding or, or, or event photography, because you constantly have to deal, to deal with adjustment on the move and you have to get faster and faster at it. And then I had the chance to work with an absolutely incredible human who changed my whole world and made me really want to be a photographer, uh, Mark Andrew. Okay. And Mark Andrew is a much beloved person in Vancouver for many years. He now lives in Mexico. And I would watch him where he would be sitting talking to you, having a drink while he's doing an event thing. And then he'd see somebody in the corner of his eye walk by and he would literally change the settings on his camera without even looking at them, knowing exactly where they were and then click. And I'm just watching him understand his craft so well in the area that he sat was so impressive to me. I said, I want to be that good where I'm not looking at anymore. Yeah. And so from there, I did the event stuff. I was invited into the studio by two amazing photographers, Daniel J. Collins and Billy Athenseo, when literally 20 photographers I asked to um, assist with wouldn't take me on because they were afraid with my age, I was in my 40s, that I would steal work. These two photographers... Um, came to my studio and trained me how to do um, photography and uh, with uh, no longer speed lights but strobes. They gave me the time that nobody else would give me. And just as that is occurring, I go to a nude art show. and Oh, yes. Yeah, and there at this thing that neither Zan and I had any time or care for arrived zena and I, I wait wait sorry you guys met at a nude event a nude art show we were not fine nude. art nudes okay. fine art nudes there were we were oh. not nude sorry we were not and excuse my my communication error there no, that's fine. fully clothed fully clothed uh, watching nude pictures um and uh from that moment zena can probably tell the story better than me after that but from that moment on the real photographic journey occurred i'd like i'd been doing a lot of that because we're now at four years together. That's putting me roughly at about 10 years before she came along when I was doing stuff. There is no questions asked that every exploration that has been about searching for art and searching for the voices that either of us want, all that started um, at that fine art nude show. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And oh. it, um, you love the fine art nudes, don't you? Um, I mean, maybe I'll dabble a little bit more now. Oh, you've grown. Oh my. Potentially. I don't and know. She's grown. Maybe maybe we'll give it a try here and there. I don't know. Um, what about less fine art nude? Less quasi fine art. Quasi quasi fine art. Rough art nude? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um abrasive art nude. Abrasive art nude. Um, I don't know. Huh. Is that a thing? It could be. Could we start it with our cult? Yeah. I mean, there there probably exists in like the kink world. Okay, yeah, okay. And probably. of our cult, this is what I, as I leave to go have my cigarette, seeing as the two of you are going to run it, 
you guys are going to be the brains behind this. Wait, I don't. I didn't get the breakdown <laughs> of how this cult is running. No, it's similar to the one we that we talked about. Here. No, so we, we talked a bit about like you know mostly we want tax breaks. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And orgies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or yeah. just less control of the sex by the leader. Yeah. So yeah. no no Jared Leto. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. No Jared Leto stuff. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, um, so what? And, and like no like Jesus looks. Ooh, that's, that's going to be a problem for us. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. that is. Our leader, our leader has he a bit of... He a looks like Jesus look. if Jesus had sex with Grizzly Adams. Oh. Grizzly Jesus. So Will that work? We, we were, so we were talking about this. At, and this is not going to get me in trouble with religious people, recently, And there was a couple things we came up with about like God and Jesus when, when we were over at Lele Studio. And um, one of them was Jesus is trans. Oh, um, because immaculate conception. There's no X chromosome, so he's a double Y. So that's okay. That's interesting. Okay, okay. He, he, would, he would have been born a woman. So you know that means that since he took on a he persona, uh, uh-huh. that would that would make him a could, he. Him, could could he, you know? could Jesus yeah. have been non-binary? I mean, that's entirely possible as well, too. So, like that, I, either trans or nine, yeah, non-binary. Yeah, that, that could yeah, that could go yeah, with that. I, yeah, did um, anyone even ask Jesus what his pronouns were, or did they just assume? I think they just at assumed, that time yeah. it was it was a lot yeah. of assumption. I think it was all but assumption at that. time. Then we also came to the conclusion that um, God is an old white man. God, no. yes, yeah, God. all gods. Or just the God of the the, the like Christian Catholic Christian. God. Well, he's definitely if he has yeah, a, but. How we came to that conclusion was um, the whole Mary thing, pretty rapey. Yeah, d- no, yeah, yeah. So you know, not even invited. No, no, no. It's just like, hey, like, uh, no, but like, that's very boom. It, that's a little rip off from the there. Greek gods, though. They were kind of rapey. Actually, yeah, that's yeah, true. That, that is true. So, yeah. Well, yeah. the whole experience of Christianity is is is. Horrific yeah. and, 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 and rapey and horrible. If you look at any of the history of it, individual Christians fucking love them. Yeah. Love them. People who are wholehearted, want to give and commune. But um, I'm with George Carlin. Like, uh, he just can't. He's just not good with money. No. Just not good. Do everything. Just not good <laughs> with money. Oh, uh, Gavin says that he'd model for your fine art nudes. Oh, I've already got my first model. Dude, yeah. you haven't even seen any of my work he, yet. He has a wonderful beard, and I think he would look really great. In I think this is a place to start, Zena. Oh, my yeah. God. So next time you're out east, you just swing by on Ottawa. Gavin, and, uh, can you go to Zena's um, Instagram at ZenaWong.com and send uh, a message? Yeah. you can Just yeah. send, send her a request, and when we're back east, um, she'll shoot your nudes, man. Yeah, exactly. This is the one she's time start where like, sending a dick pic is fully acceptable because she needs to know she's working with. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Would it's you prefer pre-pro? surprise? It's pre-pro? <laughs> question mark? Pre-production? Yeah, yeah. pre-pro. Is this Can, part of the mood board? Or yeah. what? No, he, he I says, guess it would be okay if it was like a whole bunch of angles, right? Yeah, Gavin so, says here, look up George Carlin voiceover of Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> no, okay, so... I got I got one better. I got I got to play this shit before you you go. I I am the largest George Carlin fan in my circle. I can't speak. I, I love when people fuck with the Thomas the Tank Engine shit though because it's so good. But I you know, I, I'll just play this. You know just he second. loved doing that shit. He loved it, Carlin. 
I know, because I called him personally and asked about it. No, that never happened. Or at least you would admit it. So I'm, like, completely <laughs> addicted to this, like, ridiculous mashup. It's called Thomas the Dank Engine. Oh, oh my. Not stank, but dank. I like it. Motherfuckers, come on. 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 It's really funny because Josh was my son was obsessed with Thomas the Tank Engine. We spent so much time at Granville Island buying those little tiny little wood things, and it cost a fucking mint. Dude, PBS, how much money are you making? <laughs> Tom, the, the Thomas the Tank Engine theme song, yeah. it hits way harder than it should. Like, this is fucking solid, right? Uh, this, I mean, I, if you didn't know. Can you go? One of my favorites is if you ever have a chance. Uh, I'm Elmo and I know it. Have you ever seen it? Oh, yeah. That's his I'm favorite. Elmo and I know it. Know it. That's Elmo tough. and I know it. I make art. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really, yeah. If, you can, if you can find the link and put it in the YouTube um, uh, info space, Elmo and I know it will change your life. Nice. Kids, look at these crayons. Just look at these crayons. I, made, I make art. Just look at these crayons. <laughs> Oh, no, no. And it's like full ammo in like sort of a repeater loop just doing this. Oh, I love that kind of shit. Yeah, no, it's just sick. This, this is, it's I play it myself. Like, with it. it's, st- it's stuff like this that makes me appreciate the internet. You know? But see, this is what... It, I'm with you. I love this part of the internet. Um, I'm not so hip with the hear my angry philosophies part of the internet. And I'm not so hip with the Let's all just sit at home and not do anything part of the internet. If no, the internet you gotta, gets you out and gets you involved, gets you creative, and I guess that's you got to take both the evils from each side. Some people know how to use headphones and some people don't. Yeah. Think, listen here, I'm just trying to take this camera off my body so ooh. I can take this blazer off my body. This is very it, similar it is to the junkie there. situation I was telling you about. She just can't let go of the Instax camera. You're such a junkie. Well, <laughs> I'm sweating in this full sunlight right now. Junkie to junkie right here. Oh, that's fair. You you are. I, I, you're, you're giving like mad Beetlejuice vibes today, though. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna. So this is where I was gonna leave before. Okay. Uh, before when, when I go have my cigarette, you the two of you, in my absence, must start a conversation about what we're gonna call this cult. The Midnight Society. Uh, well, no debate. No debate with Zena. Maybe Zena has a say. I don't know. I have no say because I, I can all like because I talked about this on on my chat with um oh fuck why can't I remember the name how about right the now? ten Stupid minutes cover. to midnight society ten minutes to midnight <laughs> what um just just the ministry of strange love oh I like that <laughs> I like that a lot more I like the idea that there's a ministry yeah yeah it's so British because it, it, it works both ways though because like ministry is a church but also yeah. like ministry is like an administrative yeah. arm yes exactly the yeah. ministry of my pinky and there, there's a lot of like, so as part of it being a ministry now we have to have a lot of administrative red tape like you have to go through like a ridiculous amount of paperwork why don't we just call that. it the ministry mm, nah. just the ministry <clears throat> We administer and ministry. I don't know. I we like administer the, orgies. We administer everything. Yeah. We're, we're a ministry. Or we could just call it the administration. 
I liked your devil on Tom with the ministry, though. Yeah, I really like that. So I don't know. I'm going to leave these thoughts to you. Um, maybe you guys will talk maybe, about maybe, Instax so and pe- Polaroid. People, people in the chat here, let's let's uh, give give us some ideas about uh, cult names. Audience, help us name our sex cult. Well, it's not just a sex cult. It's also tax breaks. Yeah. Our, our oh. tax break and sex calls. I, 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 I also just want said before I go for my cigarette, okay. I didn't realize in, until hearing you um, on, on the headphones, you should have your own podcast. She's got a great voice. Uh, Do people I really? out there tell me if I'm no, no, just your regular voice. Just my regular voice. Yeah, yeah I think a, that it's it's, it's a great radio voice. And Is if, it really? You, you've kind you, you've kind of got like a Janine Garofalo, yes. Elliot Page thing kind of going on there. Yeah, yeah. like. Uh, Okay. Do, like um, okay. in uh, our, oh no, mini, Les- mini lesbian dri- trucker lesbians. Mini driver from Gross Point Blank. Mini driver. Yeah. Mimi driver. Mimi driver. No, it's mini driver. Mini driver. I don't even know what that is. It's because you're a fucking. Child. I'm a child, guys. You are. You are a child. Help me. Because this this is what happened last time. She didn't get any of my references because she's too young. Yeah. Yeah. I need. Oh, do we have? Oh, it's the fucking VMF shit again. Whoops, the doodles. Whoops, the doodles. Colonizers. Anyways, no comments from no, the crowd. no suggestions no whatsoever suggestions. about this is, this what is to name our sex slash tax break cult. Yeah, exactly. Like not a single it, one. It's like Scientology, but like sexier. Casey, Casey, please, please help us name our sex cult. Yeah, come on, come on. There's got there's got to be some some in there. Why is this part? Who's yelling? It's like what is that? Uh, like indoctrinating everyone with whatever the fuck they're doing this weekend. I noticed, by the way, you have actual Instax film and a printer over there. This is like yeah. blasphemous. No, it's not blasphemous. I love all instant film. Equally. And the the printer is actually the coolest shit ever. Yeah, wild, wild story with the two. I just bought that from Bo Photo the other okay. weekend. And I hit the reprint button. And a very spicy photo shot out of it. Oh, it yeah. has memory? Yeah, yeah. You, it, it'll like, there's a reprint button on it and it'll print the last photo that was in, that, that, that someone printed. Oh my and gosh. Tell the, me about this reprint. It, I mean, it wasn't unpleasant, but it was a bit of a surprise. Like when I, I decided, because I'm like trying to figure this thing out. I didn't. Re- I thought it worked on Bluetooth. I didn't realize it worked on Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. So there's like a bunch of fuckery trying to get it to work. But I pushed the reprint button, and the, it just boobs came out of it. And I was like, "Holy oh. shit!" Yeah, and you know, it's they're very <laughs> lovely, and I feel weird like seeing a stranger's boobs without. Like giving them credit or like money or like whatever, like you know, it just feels odd that like it looks like someone was like making spicy content or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so um, word to the wise for everyone out there: when you're selling your electronic goods and stuff, yes. you know, make sure to wipe it or like whatever, because you know, weird bearded men could end up with your boobs. Or if you're not wiping it, just make sure that the last shot was. Your best shot. Yeah, or like, you know, if you have like a stray dick pic or whatever, just throw that in there. So it's just like, you know, alarming. Uh, I I feel though like 
the boob shot would be generally less offensive slash just like more pleasant to stumble upon. That guy fucking bogarted my beer. What, what do you mean? Charles took my beer. He fucking guy. He, he tends to do that sometimes. <laughs> I like to I like to take a sharpie and write our initials on our drinks so that everyone knows whose is whose. That's fair. So what are your thoughts? Sex cult names. What, what are my thoughts? I don't have any, man. Like, genuinely. Here, we want to be another beer? No, I'm going to pass. I'll drink some water. I need to be responsible and Oh, hydrated. look at you. Hydration is key. Hydration is key. You know, for, for everyone listening out there, make sure to, um, you know, drink some water. We're just like plants, except we're rotting bags of meat. Oh, and um, where is it? Gavin says, also, when you're buying custom instant shots, you're getting a reprint from a digital printer. That's true. So this is a, this is a bit of a spicy debate because um, I saw spicy. someone, um, you know, because there's that whole argument around the whole, like that Granary app. I don't know if you've. I have not that. joined it yet, but I have seen other people. Yeah, join th- it. there's like a touch of controversy around it because it's all like film only. And someone's like. Well, if you're, like, sharing digital copies of your, like, film photos, it's not really film anymore, you know? It's kind of, like, you know, something something else. And I don't disagree with him because, you know, that's uh, there's a lot of, like, snobby film photographers out there that just, like, scan their shit and just share it only on digital. And, uh, you know... You're missing a whole world out there. Guys. I don't give a shit about there's that There's a world. lot of yelling happening yeah. out there. I went to go buy um, buy booze, but I realized I left all my cards and everything at home. Oh, that's that's a shame. Well, you don't want to like they they didn't give us free booze things this time. No, there's no free booze this time. No. We do, however, have oh the tenant passes slipped underneath our door cracks. Tenant passes for the VMF summer festival. you're You're sitting on your thing. What does that do, the tenant pass? Valid through it, August it allows 4th. Us, it allows us to come to into August the 14th. places that we pay fucking money for. You know, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, right? They're, they're giving us permission to come to our own spaces. I think what they're doing yeah. is they're allowing us to have a, a, a card or something that will let the people that don't know we're here know that we belong here. Sure. I think that's what they may be doing. Because yeah. VMF can't be everywhere all the time. So no, the, the people caught. down below, they created uh, for the people working on on the ground. They created a way for them to recognize us, so that we uh, can walk freely amongst so the people. That's so thoughtful. Of them. All access pass. No, it's a somewhat Is access this, pass. Does it say somewhat access on it? Do you have a sharpie so I can write well, that on? It was just can like, you write that on there for me? It, somewhat access. It was, it was just like before when when you know the VIP night. We weren't actually the VIPs. You know, I felt like a VIP. That hurt. That hurt yeah. you. Eh? Yeah. But you were a VIP in my book. Oh well, we're all VIPs to each other, but just not to VMF. We're we're a product. <laughs> I know? don't believe we're, we're a product of VMF. I don't. No, no, I we're just, not a product of them. But you know, they they they're prostituting us nonetheless. How are they prostituting? I, 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 this debate is 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 so arguable to, for me. No, so like where I, I got frustrated with it was um, during the last open studios. Several people came in here being like, "Wow, they did such a great job renovating your space." 
they were telling the public that they did all of this work on our behalf that they provided these spaces for us. And um, that only thing that I've bit. seen said public is that they were working on the outside of these units. I've never yeah. seen them um, ever say that they were working on the insides of the units. I've, I, I, if, I, if you can show me documentation that says that, I'm in. Um, I didn't see the documentation, but there was like a, over a I dozen. I think that's there a was, perception. There was like over a dozen people that came in and, and like, you know, had that thought. And Should know, it have was, been clearly mentioned yeah. that each person renovated those studios? Every time I've spoken... Um, with uh, MLAs who've come through our studio, people who've come through uh, this area, I have r talked vigorously about how each person has uh, created their own space and how incredible it is to look at each one of these spaces yeah. and see what people have created. Sometimes it's up to us to become a loud enough voice about our own work that we yeah. don't care what is said outside. And the, the amazing diversity that we have here. Uh, well, I can't speak to that <laughs> at all. I'm checking all the boxes, guys. <laughs> well, without Zena, without Zena and, and, anyways, and, anyways, and my whatever. Judaism, there is, there is literally yeah. no diversity in me. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm just the patriarchy. In fact, my episode of Motherland just came out two days ago. Oh, excellent representation. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. seeing, seeing you uh, post about yeah, that. Well, I, well, you got to sell yourself a little bit here and there. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I was on set. Oh, there we are. <laughs> me literally blowing the mic. Yeah. And me just like, oh, that oh is actually God, beautiful. oh, no. This is, this is like the great representation of like you're going to like do another promotion for VMF and Zen is just watching. <laughs> I, I feel like it's sort of me singing. If, if you look at it carefully, it looks like I'm going... Kumbaya, my lord. Yeah. Kumbaya. Oh, I like that. That yeah. is a much better picture. But to finish this off, I, I, I was, I, so I did this episode of Motherland, a show about witches and the strength of women and whatnot. And it was really, really beautiful. It's a great show. I actually really highly um, recommend that people of teenage years watch it um, because I think it speaks to... Um, a certain genre, and I think that it empowers uh, younger people to sort of see the strength and the power of women. And I, I was in the middle of doing it, doing this part where I was playing like the evil male who's come there, who has no magic, who will, um, uh, what do you call it, step on this world, which I think was a valuable part of this episode and part of this message. Um, and this one girl turned to me and she said, I've never seen anybody represent the patriarchy better. And I didn't know whether to take it as a compliment or uh, a diss. And I was you like... You worked really hard on that. I, I, I don't play a racist. I just, what is it? I'm not a racist. I only play one on television. Is that is that how it goes? I do believe that is like the that, story yeah. of your life. Yeah, I am not a bigot. I'm not an ignorant, but I play one on television. Yeah, do the, the peace signs, you know... I am, I am not, not a, a criminal. <laughs> Ragno, I am not a criminal. As much as I want to play one on television, I am not a criminal. I really do enjoy playing evil characters. I, I, I cannot express it. If, if I could play only evil characters and stupid characters for the rest of my life, joy would be in my heart. Joy. That's one of my favorite No Means No songs is Joy. It's a good yeah. word, joy, though, right? Yeah. Well, and they just repeat it over. It's like joy, joy, joy. 
which no means no which is right. really close to some Krishna shit. <laughs> I think that's kind of where they're going with it, but then it gets into like you know some like heavy punk shit because like you know no means no is like uh, I think they're one of like Canada's oldest punk bands. Uh, yeah, agreed, and 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 also great. Love no 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 means no. Yeah, joy great. is is a great word for me. Another word that is really hitting to me, a buddy of mine, Adrian, Adrian Holmes, dropping names again. Um, his word is grace, and I love this word, grace. I, I, I think there is a space for grace for all humans if they're willing to take it. And grace means that you don't walk alone and that you don't walk first every time. I, I think like we could all use a little more grace. Yes. Like, um, Achievable goal, grace. Yeah, yeah, somewhat. Um, Unless you're a dick. Uh, yeah, just don't be a dick. Like it's um, isn't that a rule of life though, Merlin? That's my rule of life. You know, I I, I attempt to not like I, I spent a you know time where I was a kind of a dick. And there and are times you are a dick. When when I'm forced to be, I don't like it, and I get it feels ang- ugly. I get angry. It, it feels about really it. ugly like to if, be a dick. If someone if someone pushes me to that place where I have to be a dick about it, it makes me double angry because like I'm mad about the thing that made me. And happen you to made it. me feel this. Yeah, way. Yeah, and then like I'm also like I'm really mad that you, like you made me get here i don't like getting there you know it's uh it's very rare when i like lose my shit but it's not fun either um this is really <laughs> creepy how many pictures <laughs> have been taken of me during this um i it, do it's want because you're a handsome <laughs> man but on, on the grace thing but before you jump in the other thing there like you know one one of the things that i i've always loved and i zena seemed to have catched on to it too with the, the instant photography is being able to like share that yes. moment with other people and um that's a moment you know, of grace i'm super asked. stoked to have my polaroid cameras back from texas because um those are my favorites to to take photos with and like because they fold up nice and, and small yeah. they're like easy to put in a bag and stuff compared to like the box cameras and um you know so i spent last weekend just giving portraits away to random strangers um but there's these two cats that hang out in my neighborhood like I live around Maine and 28th mm-hmm. and they hang out behind the CIBC at Maine and 29th. Um, Great one, bank. It's my bank. Yeah. I'll, as soon as I've paid off my dad's, I'm gone. I, I bank with BMO, but like okay. know, same, same difference. And Scotia. <laughs> Most of my debt's with Scotia. But anyways. Same pile, different deck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, all the banks suck. Um, but yeah, there's these two cats that hang out there and, uh, with, with the grace thing, like it's, I've taken some time to chat with them because I always see them mm-hmm. around in the neighborhood and like, you know, so I, you know, say like, hey, what's up? And I've gotten to know the guys a bit and they're like interesting characters, like mm-hmm. very interesting character. One dude's name's Rob. Um, and then there's like this scruffy, burly, <laughs> like scruffy, burly guy named Fred, but he prefers to be called the Main Street Sasquatch. Okay. Yeah, Interesting but choices. now now he wants that to be modified. He would rather be called the East Van Sasquatch, and okay. uh, he wants to encompass a larger era, area. Well, be, because like he's he's been born and raised and lived his whole life in East Van. So you and know, he's he not just, just a Main Street guy. He's all of East. Van. He wants to be all of East Van. Like okay. people called him the Main Street Sasquatch because that's his like main haunt. Yeah, and the Sasquatch thing I think comes from he looks a little mangy. Sometimes. How does this relate to Grace? Well, so. I, it was after we had tacos. Oh, yes. Yeah. So when I was walking back to my house, Zen mm-hmm. and I had tacos on uh, Tuesday. 
um, Alphabet City. Oh, you've just if, gone uh, off there. Somewhere. No, it, it kind of like bounces and comes okay. back. I think the I'm audio is still fine though, because that's going through here. Yeah. This is what I get for buying a forty dollar Amazon HDMI thingy. So oh, I think okay. I'm gonna have to like spend some proper okay. money. So back to the grace. Back but but grace. back to the grace. I'm like walking back to my house after tacos with Zena. Alphabet City, great tacos and an amazing tequila selection. If you okay. really wanna if you're gonna go there and bite on that after this podcast. Yeah. And their burrito is really delicious. So um, good. So so good. Um I ran into Fred and Rob and uh Rob was like pretty down because he someone stole his wallet and like his whole life was in the mm-hmm. wallet there because I get the impression that they're homeless, um, and so they were they were definitely like drinking some feelings and it was late in the evening so like they were they were pretty torqued by the time um, you got we got there, there. but um, I was just chatting with him and I was like hey would you guys like a Polaroid photo and. They got super jazzed about it. And Rob was telling me a story. He's like, I used to have an SX-70. And, and he had quite a sizable camera collection at one point, apparently, worth like several hundred thousand dollars that someone stole from him. And, oh God. Uh, you know, and he was a legit Polaroid dude. Because when I gave him the Polaroid, he like tucked it under his, his armpit. Because that's, that's the trick with Polaroids. If you want them to develop a little bit better, you just you put it in your armpit and yeah. the warmth. It helps the chemicals develop and it percolates. So it's just pit a bit development. More. Yeah, pit development. Um, but they got super jazzed. Like, you know, there was a photo of the two of them because they're always hanging out there. And I took one for each of them. But they didn't realize I was giving them to them. Mm-hmm. They thought I was keeping them. Yeah. And like when I gave it to them, like, you know, they, they got really emotional about it. And as you do. Yeah. And you know, we talked a bit more and. They want me to go to a baseball game with them at some point. They love the baseball shit yeah. in Nat Bailey Stadium. Well, it's right around the corner from you. But it's just like, it didn't, it didn't like ruin my day to like spend 20 minutes to just like chat with them. No, but, not at all. You know, it obviously made an impression for them and just like sharing a little grace with each other. I think is, I, I, is important. I, I actually, I really liked the way you stated that because I was trying to find where the space for grace was going to arrive. Sharing grace. Yeah. And it's not saying grace, thank the Lord. No. It's sharing grace, right? Yeah. And how the, I don't even know how that word came to describe the Lord's Prayer <laughs> and saying grace at the table. I don't know how that that because oh, like, you know, they just like appropriating. All yeah, sorts appropriating of stuff and manipulation, like, you know, right? Yeah. Um but one of the things you you're you're touching on something that's that's become kind of important to Zanonite's work here, which is the tactile nature of an Instax slash Polaroid. Yeah. Um, the tactile nature in the sense that, A, you take the picture, it is what it is, but then the person holds it. And there's this assumption now in a digital world, because we live in one now, that you're, that you're going to keep that. As you said, you're going to keep that Polaroid or Instax. Yeah. When Zena, she's, she's taking pictures, people are always like, can I have it? Where there was this assumption when I first saw Polaroids, that they somebody would end up with it, yeah, because it wasn't mine for my service or my social media or where I was going to be. There was this real sense that you clicked it and then somebody would end up with it. And when you know yeah. when you go to parties and 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 somebody has one of the magnetic ones, yeah, those you know, are fun. Yeah, and then yeah. people just sort of assume they're leaving with them. I, I I'm I'm drawn to this idea that somehow somebody walks away with something after you shoot. 
So well, I'm trying to incorporate that into the digital part of our shooting as well, so that whenever we're shooting with somebody, we want to have a printer present, so somebody can walk those, away. Get one of those Instax thingies. Yeah, I, I, but I'd also like that. it to be also just a digital thing as well. Like just have. No, no you can you can do it digital. Oh no, no, I understand, but I'm talking oh. about with the digital pictures that I'm taking. Yeah. Then we can then print those as well. So there's just something that the that the your Polaroid Instax world that you guys both inhabit that I think reintroduces personalization to the photography world that is so 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 needed. The idea that it isn't just to capture this thing to show the world, it isn't just um, something I've taken for me or something that I've taken for you. It's just something that we can all hold on to and pass around. And this has been the lesson from the two of you. So I wanted to pose a question away from Zen, from me and, 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 and drive it back to Zena and her Polaroid experience. Um, don't keep it, each shot. You don't have to put your finger up and make it look like you're giving me bunny ears, man. Yeah. Um, I want to know for you, Zena. <clears throat> a, how did this Polaroid experience, Polaroid slash Instax experience, start for you, and and what does it mean to you in your artistic state right now? Well, I kind of spoke about this the last time I was on Merlin's podcast. Per- podcast. Per- 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 the per- well, welcome to from the deep south. Photography chat. Podcast. Merlin is my podcast. Uh, the last time, yeah, I was on Merlin's podcast. Um, I basically got into it by just watching him do it, like, you know, the Polaroid door here, mm-hmm. and take a portrait of everyone that comes into the studio. And I just remember that, oh, yeah, I still have that, like, Fujifilm Instax Mini 90 that I had bought back when I was still in school. I just have to buy some film for it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Part of like the beauty of this whole art form is that um, it's tactile, but also like you can give it to people, and so so glad you didn't say organic. So so you can you know it's kind of like it's so organic. It's kind of so like living. showing up yeah. with a gift for people. It's like free range. Oh, did you just hear that? Showing up with a gift for people. Going back to your concept of grace and sharing grace. Because like it is a community thing, isn't it? Very much so. Yeah. Like. You could buy someone a bottle of wine or you could buy them whatever thing that, you know, they, you know, that they want. But in a weird way, you could also just spend $40 on film and then show up and give people the memories and the physical print of that time and that moment. And that is your gift to the people who whoever's event it is, but also to everyone who's there. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just buy some film. I bought, I think, like 20 exposures or whatever for the mini. And I went to the Leacock birthday party. For, Which was incredible, the pictures you took there. For um, Viv. Mm-hmm. And um, I just it just showed up. And I was like, you know what? If there was ever a time to like take pictures of people and just like hand it off and have some fun, like it was, it was here. It was like one of the first parties back since like COVID. We were down in the in the room down in Cochillos. Um, Great restaurant, by the way. Yeah, and we were all having a blast, and there was just so much love and so much friendship there that like it was just so easy to shoot all of the exposures and just give them away. And um, part but of it, but you're prone to giving yours away. 
Like, I'm almost begging you to record them beforehand. And it's like almost no, like the, you're the spe- willing to hold on to it. the memory rather than the digital memory and then let them have it. No, but that's a big thing. Like, most of the like, Polaroid portraits I take for people, I, I don't keep it. That, that's for them. But do you understand? And, like, for me, coming from the digital world, what a true gift that is to say that this does not belong to me. It belongs to this moment and it yeah. belongs to you. And as much as I am not a celluloid organic living thing guy. So that was a digital photo, but now it's an Instax. Yeah. That came straight out of my film. I mean, digital camera. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. I understand See? that, but I did. I'm with you, but I, I also want them to have my experience as well. You know, not, not everything has to be Polaroid Instax people. Oh. You guys, you guys got a problem. That, but remember, we were talking about therapists. Is, is there, by the way, is there There's rehab no for what you do? Well, I mean, rehab would mean there's something wrong with it, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with drugs money. either, but some people need rehab from it. Yeah, capitalism sucks. <laughs> is that is that like punctuation for most things? Capitalism, capitalism sucks? Capitalism's the worst. <laughs> Isn't that the, the little boy from The Simpsons? It's the worst. Oh, Ralphie. Yeah, Ralphie. Yeah. I mean, we're all Ralphie right now. Like, you, There's that scene where he's like on the school bus, and it's like, I'm in danger. <laughs> That's all of us right now. I think it's time for us all to become a little Bart, though. What, like, or or even one of my fa- my shorts, man. Yeah, I, I I love Lisa is one of my favorite characters, and the the, the I am the Lizard Queen is probably my favorite episode. Lisa needs braces. Is. <laughs> Dental um, plan. <laughs> she falls into the water at Duff Beer World, and then. Uh, it makes her hallucinate, and she's like, "I'm the Lizard Queen." Oh yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. So one, it's my favorite episode. So I want to keep going back to. I didn't mean to interrupt Zena's um, train of thought here. Is yeah, like, sorry, sorry, Zena. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's all good. No, but just this idea that that like this 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 idea that you that it's for the moment and for other people seems like such a grand thing when I think about it, but such a beautiful, simple thing when you just do it. Yeah, it's incredibly simple. And um, I mean, you can make it more complicated if you wish. Like part of uh, what we ended up doing at that birthday party, which was kind of fun, was like, okay, now I'm going to give you this like Instax and you have to go up to Viv and you have to get him to autograph it for you and like sign it so that you remember like this is what the event was and, and what this moment is. Well, that, that's, made it an, that's an important thing though. So like most of the Polaroids I take, you got to put the meta information on the back of it. You know, put date, t- like, you know, what where it was. So you remember, because I have a terrible fucking memory. But I also like, so it's really amazing, because Zan and I have been talking about this. You're talking about the metadata, which I think is absolutely brilliant. But I think that also the idea that that you yourself find a moment to caption it. And whether it be with somebody's signature or somebody like, fucking great night or whatever it is, it becomes... Farts? farts? Yeah, farts. You were Fart. talking about Bart, so... We have fart parts. Um, I just love this idea with with, with anyway. You you don't make the Instax slash Polaroid experience and seri- uh, just limited to the the click that where it comes out. You 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 bring it into the the real world and make it experiential every time. Yeah, like I don't know. At the end of the day, like it's still this like incredibly magical technology like you take this pic you'd like expose this piece of film and like all of a sudden you have a picture right in your hand like 
it's just such a wonderful, magical, delightful uh, medium. And like it, it just is intrinsically impressive in, in the way that it functions. And people are always like so happy to receive. So you're, you and, and and it's safe to say that you Merlin and yourself are Instax slash Polaroid bitches. I'm mostly Polaroid. Yeah, but but which whichever one it is, you are a slave to it. You are a lover of it. I you wouldn't, are I wouldn't buried say a slave to it. to it, but it's like it's a chosen tool. Yeah, it's. But that's not the only tool you use, though. You you're, you're a man no. of many mediums, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, like mostly film stuff. Like I'm I'm trying to like get my film chops back up after moving to Vancouver because, you know, Vancouver kind of took the wind out of my creative sails for a while. Um, but. Slowly trying to get back into it. But, see, for me, is it your love of celluloid that keeps from digital, or is there something you just really don't like about digital? It's because I'm fucking lazy and I hate editing, honestly. And oh, I yeah, found that's, that's truthful. I like that. No, so like when when sorry when I was living in Toronto, um, downtown camera spoiled the shit out of me. Like um, in the before times, before the world ended. You know, I could wander. And we're rebuilding it now, just yeah. so you know. Slowly, yeah. It's a, it's a different world, though. Think. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's a story behind that, too. Um, I could go take some photos in the morning, early afternoon, and if I got there before 2 o'clock, I could get same-day service, and I could drop off, like, you know, four or five rolls, and by the time I got home around 5 o'clock, I would have my scans. And mm. I could just do them. And as long as I didn't fuck up my exposure or focus, the pictures were exactly how I wanted them to be. Okay. Because I'd spend a bunch of time experimenting with a different film stock. So mm. I knew which stock would give me what feeling I wanted. So depending on what sort of mood I wanted in my photos, I would pick a specific stock. And as long as I didn't fuck it up, I wouldn't have to edit it. Versus like when I use my digital camera, I take a lot more photos with it. And then I have yeah, to but like, that, but that, that, that's the danger of digital. Right? That, well, there's a danger of digital. And then the curse of it is you've taken all these extra photos and now you have to, to fucking sit in Lightroom or capture one or like whatever you use for doing your stuff and go through them all. You know, it's when I shoot my film it, it's camera. It's horrible. It, it actually yeah. is horrible. But it, that's, that, that, that's a, a horror of our own making, right? It, it is a horror of our own making. But I, I remember even talking with, uh, with Claudia, the general manager at Downtown Camera, um, she had these two guys that do like marketing photos. Um, yeah. like they're, they're marketing photographers and one of them shoots film only. The other shoots digital. The film guy's always done before the digital guy. Oh, I, I could imagine. Yeah. You know, he'll, he'll shoot like two or three rolls, which is like, you know, between like two or three times 24 or 36 or whatever. Um, so like he'll get it developed by them and is usually same day or next day. And then he gets the prints done that he needs and he's all done digital guy like takes like you know 500 maybe more pictures he's got to make selections and he's got to do his, his specific preset ad- attachment and then well it, it, the danger of having choice is now you're stuck making choices right so i understand it for me um we're tossing parts of stuff at people <laughs> um for me I'm a firm believer that all of these are just different mediums. It's the same as somebody likes watercolor, somebody likes oil, somebody who likes this. Yeah. I don't think one is better than the other. My, I've chosen digital, A, because I don't have to smell those fluids, <laughs> and then B... I love the smell of the chemicals. I'm, sure I'm one of do. those people that don't wear gloves. I like just like fucking getting right in there. 
Um, and then also, I love the manipulable space of digital. I love the fact that manipulation is possible. And that's part of the journey that I have with the photography is how I can manip- manipulate that experience in the front end while I'm doing it. And then afterwards and following that journey, that's part for me, life has become experiential yeah. and I like that part of it. Do I think that digital is better than celluloid? Absolutely not. Do I think celluloid is better than digital? Absolutely not. I just think they're different tools. And oh, there you go. Is there more jizz on my face? Is no, no, no. Is your your mic was too far away? Oh, so okay. Getting quiet. Um, I just I just think that um, I, I I get a little lost when people are trying to tell me that celluloid is better or digital is better. Yeah, I think no, these are ridiculous statements. Yeah, it, it's all preference. So, yes. like, I, I don't like that sort of, like, one's better than the other and, like, you know, you're charlatan if you don't use this or that. Yeah. And, and that's why, like, you know, there's a, this new, like, you know, um, re- Instagram replacement that people are talking about called Granary. And um, it looks interesting. It, it could be promising. It's one dude that runs it. Um, he's catching a lot of flack right now. But there's a lot of people that also enjoy it. But one, it's only for film. You can only upload film stuff on it. If you okay. if you upload any digital, it will be removed. I almost didn't finish setting up my account on it because the very first thing it asks you to do before you can post a, a single photo, you have to input what kind of gear you have. Ooh, right? That's not cool. No, I don't like that at all. And then every time you post a photo, you have to mention the gear. Yes. And it's like you have to mention the film stock, the camera, and the lens that you use. You're basically publicly telling people what they can steal at this point. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's that. Or it's like, you know, you're like, I shot this with a noctilux on my Leica M6. Magician telling their tricks kind of thing. Yeah, well, it's just... Or the wank vest that comes with talking about what you got. Well, there's that. And then just like that kind of stuff gets into like a realm of like classist and elitism. And like, you know, I just... I don't feel it fosters a good community. And so I was a little disappointed that that was like the primary focus. And, um, yeah. And, and I mean, like a lot of people are upset about Instagram right now. And I personally feel a tiny bit like it's, it's, it's not very merited. It is not very fair because, um, they need to do things to try to maintain relevancy and like, you yeah. know, whatever, make money. Cause like at the end of the day, they're a business yes, and which they should they're be. still providing it to us 100% free. Yep. Like there's, there's no paid option or anything for it. Like it's yeah. still a free thing. So because it's completely free, there is some like, you know, pay to play kind of things yeah. that, that go on here. And, you know, part of that is getting some ads or like these other things, but I've said it plenty of times before and like I'll continue saying it until it stops being a reality that I see. I feel Instagram is like one of the most democratic social media platforms that's out there. Because look at what happened with like the latest thing where they tried to enable like that more TikTok like feel to it, which only lasted a few days before everyone like kicked and screamed and lost their shit about it. And Instagram was like, whoa, shit. Okay, we're going to like dial it back. You know, there's no other social media platform out there where the users have power like that to, to, to push back on and enforce the platform. Is, is, is somewhat singular, even though we're talking about like the moving yeah. images and what it's very visually based. It's singular. And I think it's a place where meta yeah. can uh, no, no, allow up. more meta no, he can't uh, meta um, can't, horrible name, by the way, 
um, can yeah. our overlords can let us play a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know Facebook, for example, and Twitter, we're moving in all different directions. Yeah, we are. We are pretty much when when you're on Instagram, you're sort of there looking. And basically, I when I'm gathering from what you said is. The person who's not just uploading, but the person who's actually viewing was like, no, that's, that's yeah. not what I want to look at. Exactly. Because we have one avenue to go down. And I think that's the power of Instagram is well, there, that it is simple. It's like Instax yeah. and Polaroid. It's simple. Well, and there's the power of that. And then it's also, they still, regardless of all the changes they've made, they haven't perverted the most important thing on the platform for me, which is the communities. Yeah. You know, it's the communities that, we all have access to through this platform are are pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. And I've met some really amazing people who will be friends for life solely because of Instagram. Like I would have never interacted with these people. This is a very common story. And, and so like it's, it's easy to hate on things because it's, it's like, you know, we all, we, we all like original Coke more than like, you know, the whatever. Um, OG Coke. Yeah. Make Coke Coke again. Anyways, (laughs) Uh, is that, is, are we talking about Wait both of those cokes? I'm yeah, take it as you will. I, I want to make all coke great again <laughs> and make it OG. Yeah, there we go. And, and make coke coke again. Exactly. <laughs> and like, let, let's bring back '80s pricing to it. Yes, yeah, agreed. Um, <laughs> I like that idea of make coke coke again. <laughs> I know about 200 people who would be happy to hear that. Exactly. Someone's like, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not make it methamphetamine. Let's not make it Coke again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's just, it's family friendly. You know, yeah. it just it gets people motivated, energized. And Instagram doesn't need to be Instagram again because it's busy being Instagram. Well, Instagram is just Instagram. Yeah. Like, it's... We've all evolved and changed along with it. Like, I, I think about my, my journey with Instagram. Like, I've been on it since 2011. Like, almost since it started. And... I've also left my feed alone. So, cause like mm-hmm. mostly cause I'm like going back to the laziness factor, yeah. trying to curate almost 8,000 photos sucks. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, when I was at like 5,000 photos, I timed how long it took mm-hmm. to scroll to the bottom and it was five minutes of scrolling. Yeah. yeah. Like just constant scrolling to get it's down. A lot the of work it's, it's a lot but of work. It, that's a journey that somebody might want to go on. Well, and I look at it like kind of like an archaeological dig yeah. because like, you know, the last since 2017, it's mostly all photography stuff. Yeah. But before that, you know, when I first got on Instagram, it was like pictures of my dogs and my yeah. ex-wife and look at this dinner we had. And look, look at my life. Yeah, at my exactly. Life. And then it's, it's kind of evolved from there. And I think like that's kind of a cool thing with Instagram is that, uh, you know, there's no platform left right now that has that sort of like interesting uh, but history it's, without without additions to it like you know facebook yeah, exactly can go but that's back. what i was talking about before yeah very yeah. much so but facebook to me the difference see i twitter i could not give a hoop out a hoop about a lot of the time and it has mostly to do with it, it just sounds like a lot of barking to me and a lot of biting but that's just me yeah um with instagram and facebook some i was talking to somebody and the, the thought that came to my mind was Instagram is your journal. Mm-hmm. No, no, sorry. Uh, Facebook is your journal. Instagram is your scrapbook. I like that. And that's how I sort of see it. And I was always more drawn to a scrapbook. Yeah, and I Facebook's love scrapbook. also where you're like, you know, racist uncle or like, you know. Well, you can find your racist uncle like anywhere. That's the problem. <laughs> and most probably you're sitting on his lap. But. That's true. Or, or like Ooh. drunk uncle. That's one of my favorite Saturday Night Live characters is mm-hmm. the drunk uncle one. Um but yeah, 
I, I just I love that where this conversation has gone uh, on many parts. We we we've, we touch we've touched on photography. We've touched on personal experience. We've touched on um, this studios that the studio yeah. we share. We touched on a cult. We touch on a cult, and the yeah. cult should touch you as much as you touch on you it. You thought about photography, <laughs> and uh, we express that when you think about photography, you touch yourself. I mean, yes. Yeah, masturbation is good. You, you and masturbation it. is good. And, and you know, God and Jesus are not judging you, yes. um, especially Jesus, because I, I feel like... Jesus would not judge you. Well, I feel like, you know, when he was alive, he, he probably did some weird shit, you know? Oh, was, yeah. Yeah. As you said, most probably either... Trans slash non-binary, like it hung out with uh, prostitutes yeah. all the time. Oh yeah, most definitely yeah. gay. Yeah, we, we most definitely. We gay. Yeah, yeah. He was, he's uh, definitely a good time. A guy. single rabbi with twelve male friends, and his yeah. best friend was a girl. Turns water into wine. Turns water into wine. Yeah, loves a good time. Wherever Jesus goes, that's where the party's at. And probably one of the most stylish pr- people at the time. Probably sucked a mean yeah. dick. Yeah, and a terrorist. Yeah. Yeah, like this. Everything about him sounds great. I would, I would totally hang with Jesus. Or like OG Jesus, yeah. not like not like refurbished, white, not white Jesus, white refurbished, white refurbished Jesus, right? Not not like a, you know Amazon returns Jesus. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, you're talking about a person of color, like so much rich heritage, like yeah. mm-hmm. probably an interesting chat. Yeah, probably. Right? And I always did well with the. I don't know what the term is now. Fruit flies, fruit flies. So I might have ended up uh, with Mary. Hmm. Could have ended up like I would have been really good. Not, not Mary Magdalene. Not not his mom. Yeah. Mary Magdalene. I mean, I think she doesn't get enough press. Mary yeah, Magdalene. She, by she the way. deserves more press. Yeah, you know, as you know, it, it, is the shaming of sex workers such a problem in the past that we now oh, we what need the to fuck? bring her back? Instagram Whoa, just locked my account. Oh no! Really? I guess. I guess. Um, Why did, oh, it's not talking to Jesus. Uh, I don't know. I, well, we went over two hours, so maybe that's it. They've locked the entire account. Well, yeah, it says my my account is locked here. So you can't have access to it. It, it says we've detected suspicious activity on your Instagram account and have temporarily uh, locked it as a security precaution. Okay, then well, that, that ends our. Well, podcast. I guess I guess that ends the podcast. So, that, but, but that's just Instagram. We're still on YouTube, though, right? No, because the well, it, it's streaming on YouTube, but we're not on video on YouTube because the video is coming oh, through okay. the Instagram. Okay. So right now, the YouTube has our audio, but it's just showing your account's been locked. So YouTube um, is still listening to us, though, right? Yeah, no one's on listening on YouTube. It's I know. It says we're still live, but then there's a delay, and then I think it just pauses, huh. and then it's done. Well, okay. I, I guess that's a good place to end it there. So, well, um, you've recorded this whole thing, have you not? Oh yeah, it's 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 recorded on the roadcaster. So okay. this will get uploaded onto podcast. Yeah, so you know, shame, shame, shame. Yeah. Um, Instagram <laughs> for detecting our. I think it was. I really think it's my attack on Jesus. It no, I, I think it was because we went over two hours and. Um, I think we mentioned know. the word sex cult too many times. Oh yeah, maybe. No. Maybe it's no, we like said cult. We never said those two words together. We said cult. No, and she, she said sex cult. Oh. Yeah. I would have warned yeah. you about that earlier, Zena. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Sex cult, sex cult, sex cult. Uh, now that we're not on Instagram, yeah. Or, or yeah, do you remember that cartoon, Mission Hill? No. Uh, it was like this this funky cartoon in in the mid two thousands, but um, <laughs> there's this like really straight laced kid, and a crank collar phones him up, and he's like, you know, in a trench coat or a payphone, and 
this kid's like, hello, who's there? And this trench coat guy's like, penis, penis, <laughs> penis, penis, penis. And the kid's like, oh! <laughs> it totally disrupted him. Um, I'm all for a disruption. And I'm, yeah. I want to end the 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 um, the road uh, podcast uh, for myself here, which is I have had an absolutely amazing time. This this yeah. is not what I thought it was going to be. It's better than I thought it was going to be, and it's made me realize that potentially I think I want to develop a podcast for me and you to talk to guests. I'm down with that. To, I don't know what the free form talk. Go fuck yourself. Talk. We can just know. call it go fuck yourself. I would be so in with that. That's I, your dream yeah. right there. Oh, you see how Santa hopped on that. My <laughs> dream is always to uh, been a DJ for a day and call myself DJ Go Fuck Yourself. What does DJ Go Fuck Yourself want? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and then you could just have like a bow, 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 yeah. Bow. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, hanging out with me, both of you, and. Uh, yeah, it sucks about the Instagram, whatever. Do we um, get a copy of this? Can we get a copy of this? You can get okay. a copy of it, yeah. Okay. It'll also be on Spotify and Apple. Oh, okay, so I can you, I can get a copy of the link of the, yeah, yeah, to to share share with uh, my one fan. Yeah, yeah, your okay. biggest fan. My biggest fan. Yeah, whoever they are, I don't even know them yet. Yeah, my I mean, one and only biggest fan. It makes it kind of fun. Yeah, and 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 will I be able to find the the live portion of this once you're unlocked? Um, yeah, hopefully. And can I share that? Of course. Yeah. I just want to share with the world this experience. Of course. Well, and then it'll be on YouTube as well, so you can share the YouTube thing. God, there's so many places to share. I know. So like people messaging me everywhere yeah. and expecting a response constantly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for both of you to come hang out with me. And, uh, you know, next week I'm going to have uh, Nick Collingwood Vintage on. So we'll, we'll chat it out with him and, uh. Do we do we get yeah. sounded out? Yeah, well, uh, I'll let Mr. Mocha walk us out here. All right. Thanks, everyone. Love you guys. Okay. Talk to you next week. Bye.